Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Now on 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. It's Mornings with Ben Davis. Uh, g'day, great to have you packing down alongside me this Monday morning where $693 could be yours. $13, They're the digits you need. You think you know your sport? Time to put your money where your mouth is. Queensland's biggest sports quiz before midday today. Look, we are keeping an eye on Eugene, Oregon this morning. We know that Brisbane's Ash Maloney has pulled out of the decathlon on the final day of the World Athletics title, uh, but he has already provided us with one of the enduring images of the Tokyo Games last year. He won that decathlon bronze in Tokyo with his good mate or training partner, Cedric Dubler, beside him, shouting, swearing, urging him on. Now we'll be doing the same for Cedric. He's got a bit of ground to make up on the final day, but if anyone can do it, it is the boy from Brisbane. The Gap is where he came from, Decathlon. We'll be keeping an eye on that. I'll update you through the morning. In fact, I'll be taking you to Eugene, Oregon before half past nine because we will be chatting to our newest world champion, Kelsey Lee Barber. On Saturday, she did what only one other Australian has done before, and that is going back-to-back at the world titles. I don't think this has received as much recognition as it should. And I want to put it front and centre today. She joined some very rarefied air. Queensland base, she defended her Javelin world title on Saturday. As I said, only the second Aussie to go back to back after Cathy Freeman. So we'll head stateside before half past nine this morning. Corey Parker's here in about half an hour for the Monday's means test, all thanks to Franklin's. The Broncos, they did a number on his team, Parramatta. That's right. Corey told us last week it was Parramatta who was going to play Penrith in the grand final. How does that all look now? And what about the Cowboys' great escape? Or was it the Tigers robbed? Tigers fans, I know you'll be saying that. Ashley Klein, did he get it right? In the last second of the match, it was Psycho Sunday up there. The Titans, wow. We've put a call into the club this morning to see if there's any movement of Justin Holbrook. I think he deserves another season. Wait till Kieran Foran gets there. But what about you? Your snap judgments. I'd love to hear from you this morning. On Monday, after watching the weekend's round of footy, maybe it's the Lions, your snap judgment. Are they pretenders or contenders now after getting their season back on track, back-to-back wins? Hugh McCluggage coming on the show uh, at about quarter to 11 today. They're in the middle of reviews and recoveries right now, so we'll take you inside the lion's den. But 13, 13, 55. Your snap judgments on a Monday. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, and where are they now? Oh, good ball. The flipper has done him. Trevor Holmes has slipped the flipper through to David Gower. And that is brilliantly bold. 
33 years ago this week that happened. It was the fourth test at Manchester, Old Trafford in the Ashes. Trevor Holmes, he only played seven tests, but he'd go on to hold one of the most important roles in cricket, in fact, in this country. Maybe even a more important role than the Prime Minister as Chairman of Selectors of our cricket team. Trevor Hones on Where Are They Now? Uh, coming up at about half past ten. But right now, as I said, snap judgments for a Monday. You've watched the weekend's footy, be it AFL, be it NRL, actually anything. Maybe it was the F1s. Monday morning when you're in the office, you're on the road, you're talking to clients. What are you talking about as far as the world of sport is concerned? 13, 13, 55. Look, if you can't chat, you can text me. 0467 736 736. Your snap judgments this Monday morning. What are you telling your mates? Tell me. We'd love to have a chat. It's your time to shine here on SENQ 693, the new home of sport in Queensland. We're on the air, online, and on your phone. Now on mornings with Ben Davis, it's time for Benny's Blowtorch. Yeah, off and running nine minutes, uh, four minutes past nine. There we go. Don't get ahead of ourselves. But the question I want to ask you this morning, how old is too old? In the last 10 days, we've heard about succession plans at two NRL clubs, the Tigers with Tim Sheens and Benji and the Dolphins with Wayne Bennett and Christian Wolfe, if they get his signature, but we think we can read it as a done deal. Bennett and Sheens are the same age, 72. Next year, when they return to full-time coaching, they'll be 73. Now, I don't ever think age is an issue. If you're young and you're good enough, then if you're good enough, you're old enough. But when it comes to coaching, is there a shelf life? And the reason I bring this up, it reminds me of a conversation I had a couple of years ago with Darren Lehman, a man who's coached franchises around the world. He's coached Queensland. He's coached Australia. And he floored me over a beer when he said coaches in pro sport should stop once they hit 55. Max 60, but 55 is when they should pull the pin. It's a big statement. It's a big statement. But it has nothing to do with competency and has nothing to do with knowledge. Buff's reason, the generation gap. It's too big. It's too wide. I'm sure it's something you've probably experienced at work. Has it? I'd love to get your take on this. 13, 13, 55. How have you handled that, that generation gap? How have you bridged the generational divide? Because Buff's argument as a coach, as a mentor, as a leader, you're also a father figure. Like it or not, you are. If you're a female coaching sport, there is that matriarchal figure as well. But at 55, he said you're venturing into almost grandfather territory to the 18s and 19 year olds coming through grandfather rather than father figure now you respect your grandfather you listen to your grandfather but do you actually do what he says there's a bit of yep but it's different now isn't it and i know i thought that as a teenager and in my early 20s i had the greatest respect for granddad none higher what he went through with the great depression and wars and just life experiences. I lapped up everything he said. But there was a little bit of, yeah, but do you really know what's happening these days? And this was all before phones, before the internet, before social media, before cancel culture. The generation gap 
is it too big in the coaching world? Put it into your world, managerial leadership. 13-13-55. Does Buff have a point on this? Should coaches pull the pin at 55? Let's call it 60. Max out. out. The, the counter-argument is, and this was my argument to him, and you can trace it all the way back through to history, pulling out examples here. The first and glaring, obviously, counter-argument is Wayne Bennett and what he has done and what he has achieved. You can probably say the same about Craig Bellamy, who's 62, turning 63 this year. Is the caveat with Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy, though, that they've created a club, a team, a group around them? Like, they've actually created that. Wayne Bennett built the Broncos, a legacy passed on through his senior leaders, his senior players. They've then passed that on. From your Glenn Lazaruses down to your Andrew G's, down to your Shane Webkeys and your Petro Seven Deceivers, even your Corey Parkers. Bennett built the Broncos. That's the caveat here. Craig Bellamy has been at the Melbourne Storm for 20 years. He has built that up. And he had the great leaders in Cam Smith and Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk to, to pass on that legacy, to be that conduit between the coach and the players. But you kind of have a look at where Melbourne Storm are now. Because there's no Smith, there's no Slater, there's no Cronk. And there's a big chunk of that team about to head to the Dolphins too. So have they lost their way? Is the generational gap too big? These are counter-arguments that are hard to disagree with. So for me, I'm torn on this. And it's not something I would have given much thought to until someone who has lived it, Darren Lehman, brought it up. What about you? Where, where do you sit on this? Is there a shelf life for coaches? 13, 13, 55. How old is too old to coach? And you can go and have a look at Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. But was he a coach or was he a manager? A man manager. And maybe this is what it comes down to. Having a great team underneath you. Assistant coaches, those you can delegate to. Those who are young, like a Benji Marshall with Tim Sheens. Maybe a Christian Wolf to Wayne Bennett. And that's how you bridge that generational gap, that divide. Connecting with players on their level. Ones that are closer to their demographic that can get it. Is that what Tim Sheens and Benji and Wayne Bennett and Christian Wolf is that the model? Is that what they're trying to do? I want to play you something that Benji said about Tim Sheens last week when the whole succession plan was announced. I guess the thing with Tim Sheens being the head coach to start, mm. we've been in this position before in 2003 when he took over. It was very similar. You know, dire straits were at the bottom of the table. He brought all these kids through that made an impact. We won a competition in 2005. So at the moment where we sit at as a club is we've, we've struggled to attract players, no doubt. So... I've been a part of this coaching system with a lot of kids coming through where we've had success and there's a lot of good kids there. So we have to bring those kids through and I think Tim's the best guy to do that. A couple of things on that, Benji Marshall. Yeah, you've got to bring the kids through. You've got to do that. But is Tim Sheens the man to do it at 71, 72? Yeah, he's got the knowledge. Yes, he's got the experience. But can he bring the kids through? I mean, these kids were probably still wearing nappies when the Tigers won that premiership, when Tim Sheens did that the first time around. And this is not having a go at Tim Sheens or at Wayne Bennett. It's just putting out a statement. Is there a coaching shelf life? The generational gap? Is it too big? I remember having, I remember having a conversation with Justin Lepich when he was an assistant coach at the Lions. So what are we talking there, 2006, 2007? 
And this is the thing that jumped out at me. He said, he said, players these days, and mind you, Lepra had only just retired himself a couple of years earlier. But he said, I, I just don't get it. And the reason why, he would phone a player to have a conversation. Ring, 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 go to message bank. So he'd text them and say, hey, mate, give us a shout. Within 30 seconds, text back, yeah, mate, what's up? So they're avoiding conversations. Their conversations are on and via text. Leper couldn't get it. He didn't get it then. He doesn't get it now. He doesn't understand it. But he is helping bridge that generational gap. That's something, can you imagine Justin Leper? He said, can you imagine me dodging a Lee Matthews phone call and just conversing to him via text? But that's a snapshot of the current generation. The generational gap. Is it too big once you hit a certain age? Love to get your take. 13 13 55. You can send me a text 0467 736 736. How old is too old to coach and should it even matter? This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 17 minutes past nine this Monday morning. We'll head to Eugene, Oregon in just a moment and catch up with Australia's newest world champion. Before that, though, let's hit the text line. Uh, no name to this one, but we're talking Tigers-Cowboys. The end up being Psycho Sunday there, really. The last 90 seconds of that match in Townsville was one that we will remember for a long time. Uh, this text saying, does Felt deserve a final suspension for his poor sportsmanship last night? Taking it a bit far, well, maybe you agree. But this one, Sean, Sean from Brizzy. What if yesterday's Tigers game, if the outcome had happened to a team in a prelim or a grand final, there would be rights. Yeah, there would be, Sean. Look, I think Ashley Klein got it wrong. You just look at the vision and he's just got eyes for the ball the whole time. I don't know if he, if even if he knew where Cole felt was, he still had eyes for the ball the entire time. I think Ashley Klein has had a shocker. Corey Parker, his thoughts coming up very shortly. But let's head now to Eugene, Oregon in the United States because there is one name that now joins the elite. Kathy Freeman, Sally Pearson, Yana Pittman. You can now add Kelsey Lee Barber, an Aussie dual world athletics champion. And thanks to her ability to throw a javelin, Saturday, Kelsey hoiked it. 66.91 metres, which is about 60 metres more than I could throw. It was her second biggest ever. She became the first woman to defend a Javelin World title. Kelsey Lee, a very good morning our time. Have your feet touched the ground yet? <laughs> Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me on. And absolutely not. I'm still living in the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> good. Just like that throw of yours on Saturday. You, you thrive. <laughs> on the world stage, don't you? World champion, go to Tokyo. Things weren't travelling too well, but that's okay. We mm -hmm. still pull out a bronze medal and then you come back it up into the Worlds. Yes, I, I live for these championship meets. I really do. I There's something about obviously wearing the green gold, standing on the top of the run, runway in those stadiums with those crowds. And yeah, I just live for them. I love being able to perform and show what I can do with the javelin. So good. And, and and is it has it even sunk in yet that you and Kathy Freeman are mentioned in the same breath? No, absolutely not. That still gives me goosebumps when it's said. 
no, I'm still I'm still just trying to soak in um, the achievement itself, let alone um, being you know named <laughs> named alongside one of our greats. All right. Well, I want to I want to sort of get the pulse of this. Who have you heard from in the last thirty six hours? <laughs> Too many to name. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you. I bet you found friends you didn't even know you had. Oh, and I mean, actually, I'm going to take a moment to just say thank you to everybody who has sent me messages. Uh, it's, I'm still taking my time to work through them, but they're received and they're much appreciated. I want to talk to you about pressure. The pressure of being the hunted going into these <laughs> big chairs. Do, do you is that something you pick up and and run with? A little bit, yeah. I think there's there's elements to that which I actually, you know, it's, it's quite a humbling thing to say, like, people are coming after you or you've got a target on your back or you've been a previous world champion. And there's a little bit about that that um, you can be quite proud to, to stand up and say, yeah, I have done it. Like, I'm going to go after it again. Come come with me. Come chase me. And uh, I think that's it's a really wonderful place to be as an elite athlete. Give us a taste then of what the 30, last 36 hours have been like over there in Eugene, Oregon. And for those who don't know, it's it's the home of Nike. It's where it began and that's where the World Athletics titles are on right now. As a world champion, and you, do you have you taken the medal off? Do you do you just wear it the whole time? Does it get you does it get you anything? What's the currency of a world <laughs> world athletics medal? <laughs> just splash it at everyone yeah. and it's like, oh, <laughs> Uh, no, I think I definitely took some time to celebrate with some friends and family uh, after the win uh, the other night, which was really lovely. It's the first time I've actually been able to sit down and, and take that in and soak it in with, with people around me. And yeah, the rest of the time, it's a little bit like you play catch up on the recovery, but you also want to enjoy the moment as much as you can. You want to get out and do stuff. I wanted to get to the track and, and watch um, other competitors and watch the men's javelin last night. So it's a whirlwind, but it's part of the enjoyment is just riding that. Kelsey Lee Barber, my guest this morning. Uh, she is a Queenslander. We're going to claim it because she does train here at the Queensland Academy of Sport. Kelsey, before I ask you about that move, I want to take you all the way back to when you first picked up a javelin. Was that was that something that you just went, this is what I'm going to do? Is this something you've always wanted to get into? Were there other sports that you, you tasted growing up? Well, I think it was discus. That was my first uh, love in track and field. But it was a little bit, oh, a few years later when I had a really good competition with the javelin that I felt like it was such a good fit for me and, I felt like that was the event that was going to take me to great things and going to get me to an Olympic Games. And I just pursued it wholeheartedly after that. But I think my second love was netball. And it took yeah. me a few years to kind of part ways with it. But uh, in the end, javelin won my heart. That's right. Because you, you were an under-19 state rep, weren't you, in netball? I was, yes. That's correct. <laughs> when did you know you could chuck things for a living? When did you, when did you know you were good at that? <laughs> Oh, I think it was back in 2008. So uh, coming to the end of like high school and, you know, having to make some decisions about whether to go um, uni or work or was I going to pursue this dream of being an athlete and yeah. that won out and I started prioritising that as um, the thing to do. That, that, that's a big call to make at that age. What, what gave you the belief or who gave you the belief? I, I think it was just my determination to be an Olympian at that point. That was the thing that I 
wanted more than anything else in the world. And I felt like I, I could do it. I, I've always had the self-belief that if, if I found the right environment and the right people around me, then I could make it happen. And that's what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be an elite athlete and come around the world and chase these titles. So, um, yeah, I think there was just never any other choice for me. Yeah, and look at you now. Now, what about the move to Queensland? Talk us through that. <laughs> yes. So, um, very happy to be a Queenslander and living. We're very happy to have you. <laughs> I definitely call it no, call it home now. Uh, I think it came. There were a few few elements to this. Obviously, the naming of the 2032 Olympic Games, um, big movement for sport, and lots happening. And we saw an opportunity at the QAS there. And also, I'm going to say it's partly to do with the weather. <laughs> I love the warm weather. Yeah, yeah who doesn't? I mean, this is winter. We it, normally normally they call winter in in Queensland Tuesday, uh, but we have had it uh, for a bit longer this this time round. But you've got to miss it, and you're over there competing. I want to ask you about Com Games in just a moment. But mm. working with your husband as a coach, a lot of people go to work to yep. to maybe have that separation <laughs> from their other half, but you. <laughs> wake up in the morning and then you go to work together. How is that? We we go to work together. We have coffee dates together. We review meetings together and we live together. <laughs> um, this is a, yeah, it's, it's how do you se- really How do you separate special. that? How do you separate how, Because, I mean, he's got to tell you what to do and, and, and critique you quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's come with its challenges in its past, but more than anything, it's the, it's these moments that when you get to celebrate, the wins after knowing the struggles that we've both been through, yeah. those are extra special. And no one else can relate to what I do quite like Mike can. So that's where, you know, even if there are some difficult conversations to be had, you know, he knows for me, I'm, I'm better for it and I'm going to be a better athlete for it. So I have so much respect for him as a coach. And I think that is definitely why this relationship works so well. Kelsey Lee Barber, my guest this morning. She is Australia's newest and latest world champion, Javelin, back-to-back at the world titles. Kelsey, Mike also coaches Ash Maloney, our decathlon hope uh, in throwing. So the, the discus, the javelin, all that. I know Ash has had to pull out this morning uh, from the final day of the, of the world titles because of a knee injury. How's he going? I haven't actually seen him yet, so I... I'm not 100% sure. I no doubt he'll be disappointed. But, um, yeah, really, really feeling for him at the moment. He's such an awesome guy, and it's been really nice to train alongside alongside him in Brisbane. So I just wish him a, a quick recovery. And, yeah, knowing that he'll be back. All right, well, here's the question. Do you know, as Mike led on, will he be in Birmingham commenta- commentating, competing in the, uh, in, in the Commonwealth Games, or is, or is that now put a line through it? Oh, I've actually got no inside knowledge to that. <laughs> I can't give you any inside scoop. Uh, yeah, I just, as I said, I just hope for Ash's sake he has a, a really a quick recovery and is back on track as soon as he can be. All right, well said. Let's talk about you and the Com Games. It's probably the only thing you, you haven't done. You've, you've won bronze, you've won silver at the Com Games, but but not a gold. I'm, I'm tipping Birmingham's right in your wheelhouse and in your sights now. <laughs> well, I'm certainly going in confident. This, uh, this game is just... I'm going to ride it through. I'm going to take all the energy from this and, and channel it into that gold medal at Commonwealth Games because you're right, I've got the bronze and I've got the silver, so I'd love to love to come home with another gold medal. 
Final one, Kelsey Lee. It's it, it's rare, isn't it, that you get at such two major meets so close together backing up. As far as recovery time for for a thrower, for javelin, how how long do you normally have between meets? And is it going to affect what you've done in Oregon into Birmingham? Well, we, we can go um, back-to-back, like week, week to week for yep. competitions. We've done that before. Uh, I haven't had to do it at this level. But, uh, again put the right protocols in place and have the right recovery strategies, there's no reason why um, I would be fit and ready to go um, in a couple of weeks because luckily for us, we're actually at the back end of the program for the Commonwealth Games as well. So I've got a sneaky bit of extra time to to recover. Outstanding. Well, we know the final day in Oregon is just about to start. So I'm going to let you go. You can get into the stands and cheer on the Aussies. There's plenty in action. Cedric Dubler in the decathlon. Oh, will, be, uh, will be. Yes, we'll <laughs> be keeping an eye on that one. Uh, and thank you for inspiring a nation because right now you mentioned 2032 in 10 years time there are going to be boys and girls growing up thinking i could be just like kelsey lee so outstanding stuff thank you and well done <laughs> oh no <laughs> thanks for having me on it's been great it has indeed kelsey lee barber world champion not just once twice backing it up the first and only australian to do so since kathy for well, kathy freeman was the first and she has now become the second Australian athlete to win back-to-back world championships. 29 and a half away from nine. Alyssa Smith is here for a sport update. Alyssa, very good morning to you. Good morning to you, Ben. How are you going? Yeah, good after that. Just speaking to a world champion. It's a good way to kick the show off. And what an amazing athlete she is indeed. And we're so excited for the Com Games coming up. And we will, of course, have that live on SEN as well. Yes, as of Friday. Plenty happening in the world of sport, Ben, across the weekend, Monday morning, all the wash-up. It is still spinning. Oh, isn't it just, especially after the NRL game last night, the Cowboys and the West Tigers, plenty of controversy about that, the uh, the, the penalty at the end. But uh, Kalen Ponga, it could be ruled out for the rest of the season. So from those head concussions. With the Friday, HIAs. Yes, okay. Friday night, he copped another one. It was his third in six weeks. So Matty Johns was saying that... Uh, you know, he's very important to the Newcastle Knights, which we know mm. he was outstanding in State of Origin. They should just rule him out for the rest of the season. He's really important. You need to leave him until next season. Give him some time off. Let him recover. Um, and then, you know, Newcastle Knights, great. James McManus, he also raised his concern as well and said, you know, footy is only a small section of your life, which is very true. Yeah, and we know James has had issues with yes. head knocks. So he's a perfect person to actually talk about that. We've seen where his life has, has mm. gone since then, and we know he's a, a, a crusader on the front of uh, a CTE as well. Yes. Uh, before we jump into a news update with um, Vanessa Gibson, I know you love your F1s. Yes. What did you make? <laughs> what did you make of France? So, oh, Charles Leclerc, he sat it at the front of the grid. Yeah. You thought, wow, this is his chance to claim it. Yeah. But no, he crashed out, lap 11, boom, straight into the wall. Yes. And, and, then, and, and no one else around him either. No, he just no, lost it. he lost it. And then Max Verstappen, boom, straight across the finish line. Max Verstappen started on the front row, sees the checkered flag for the second year in a row, wins the French Grand Prix and comes home to take victory number 27 in his career. Is that the world title for Max? 38 points. He's leading by the championship leaderboard yeah. at the moment. So you would have to think that he's got, he's going to have it sealed up, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's nice to have a different uh, champion, like 
compared to Lewis Hamilton because he's won it so <laughs> many times. Eight times, I think. So Good, good, good for the sport. Yes. Uh, we have uh, Corey Parker at the window. He's busting down the door. He wants to push off the back fence for the Monday means test. We'll get to that in just a moment. Vanessa Gibson here with a news update. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. 26 away from 10 this Monday morning. Muzz has done just that. He's jumped on the text line. He said, Ben, the generational relevance is a key factor. A prime example, the handover from Healy to Gilchrist in cricket. To a generation, Gilchrist is their star for getting Heels' mighty career. I wonder if that was Heels actually texting in under Murray's name. Yeah, that's what what I reckon. But it is relevant. It's the question I'm asking you this morning. And it was born from a conversation I had with Darren Lehman, who's coached Australia, coached Queensland, coached franchises around the world. How old is too old to coach? Should age even come into it? Bulf reckons 55, 60 max, but 55. And it's nothing to do with competency. It's nothing to do with knowledge. It's just about generational gap. How big is it? You've almost turned in from a father figure to a, a grandfather figure at that age. Is it relevant? Your thoughts, 13, 13, 55. It's the number you need too if you want to ask Corey Parker any questions from the weekend, and there are plenty. It is the Monday means tests. All thanks to Franklin's, Franklin's anniversary sale on security screens. It ends Sunday. So rip in, Corey Parker, very good morning to you. Morning, mate. How are you going? Oh, good. Where do we even start on this? Oh, the game that just keeps on giving, isn't it? I mean, what a game. What a weekend of football, first and foremost. But some of the talking points at the end of uh, the weekend, none bigger than, I suppose, yesterday between the Tigers. And here I thought the, the big Cowboys. talking point was going to be you and Cooper Cronk. Have you guys kissed and made up after no, Saturday no, night? Hey, look, strong opinions. <laughs> Very individual people, strong opinions. We'll uh, I Mel- stand up for what I think, and so does he. Very good. We'll get into the <laughs> Melbourne Storm and where their season's at very shortly. But first of all, let's start. Well, let's work our way backwards. Yeah. Let's start with what everyone's talking about this morning, the Tigers mm. and the Cowboys. Did Ashley Klein, the video ref, get it right? Now, I just want to unpack this a little bit. Um, and, and from what we see, we see maybe one, maybe two angles. So not jumping to the, to the defense of the bunker, but the bunker see a lot more angles than what we do. Now, the context of the game, there is one second remaining. So from a player's point of view, you have one opportunity, one last ditch, right? So I'm going to be on Kapoa's side here for a moment. Uh, the kick. They caught the kick 27 metres from where it was kicked off. Far, far too deep. Okay? So in the moment that's left the boot uh, from the Cowboys, Kapoa should know it's going too deep. Okay? Kapoa, if you get the aerial angle, moves in a direction which wasn't to where the ball was caught. Okay? You, you're with yeah, me? No, which I'm with wasn't. you. I'm with you. So... When we I don't see, agree with you, no, but I'm no, with you. Yeah, stay with me. So when we see the uh, uh, the the angle, and, and it was mainly that front-on angle that mm. we saw on the TV, but if you get a chance, go on NRL.com and, and have a look at the and just pause it and see where the ball's caught and where Kapoa makes contact. He is moving where the ball didn't go, which is why I think, which is why I think they made the decision. Now, do I agree with it? The hard sell here is the bunker is so robotic. It's it's like reading the law. It's 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 yep. black. You know that they yep. read and they find little areas. Mm. Did he change his line? No, he didn't. But he there ran. 
he ran in a direction that wasn't to where the ball... You can't just run anywhere. No, but he ran in that direction from the moment the ball was kicked. From yeah. the moment the ball was kicked. And but he started tra- tracing the ball. Yeah, that's like ball. saying... That's the and ball. he's watching the yeah, ball. Yeah, but and he the ball, watches it go for over For example, Benny, the ball landed uh, 3 o'clock. Mm. He was running midday. Mm. No, I, I, so I understand he, that. He, he didn't change direction, but he did not move to where the ball was going. Isn't that you the must, point? He didn't change no, direction. Yeah, I, I, I get all that. And I feel the frustration. Uh, but I go back to the mindset of the player. The Cowboys have got one opportunity, and that's to either get the ball back off a kickoff and tap it back. It's so much risk involved. Tap yeah. it back, come up with some miraculous play, or Kapoa just watches his team catch the ball because off the boot, it was far too long. 27 metres is where they caught the ball. Far too long. And he's ball watching. That's, that's, he, that, that's the thing. He's ball watching. He can your, see your, that. Your football instinct, you go, oh, that's far too long off the boot and just sort of pull out. So, I mean, look, it, it's one of those howlers. It's, it's so debatable. But if you get an opportunity before you slip, <laughs> slip the boot into me, <laughs> have a look at the, at the directions yeah. and where the ball's caught to where the contact's made and the direction he was going. I think that's where they go. However, I could be completely wrong. It's been done before. All right. Let's, let's, <laughs> let, let, let's hit the open line. Uh, Tony was watching with great interest. Tony, good morning. G'day, mate. Um, listen, Coz has just hit you low. I'm going to come out to the top now and hit you high as well, okay? <laughs> All right, All right, go. Yep. <laughs> I watched... It'll- Ten replays. And I'm a Bronco supporter, yep. right? And I watched ten replays of that last night. And he's standing, Katoa, he's standing. He's actually in touch. He's right just on the touch line. Yeah. And his head is clearly tilted to the left as he starts running. Now, the ball's going to the right. Mm-hmm. You watch it yourself on replay. Yep. Freeze frame it. Go over it again. But Brandy's blowing up about it. He only had ice for the ball. Everyone's saying that. But Corey's got onto it. He hasn't only got ice for the ball. He starts off. His head is to the left. And when he's about four or five paces from where the ball comes down, he's just lucky he's going towards it. Mm. His head then spins around. Mm. And then and old mate hits him in the back. Well, that's that's a really good he start. He definitely hasn't got eyes for the ball. 100%. <laughs> not eyes for the ball. Not eyes for the ball. Tony, thank <laughs> you. Right. Do you agree with Tony? 13-13-55. He has come over the top. I don't know if it was a swinging arm or such, but, yeah, you've hit me low. Come over the top. But here's my point. He hasn't changed his line. No, he hasn't. But he hasn't gone towards the direction of the ball, which you must do. Oh. You can't just go any direction you want. I, I've no, no that, <laughs> that's true. He hasn't made a beeline for Kyle Felt though. He has gone across, as you said. He's gone for but twelve he knows o'clock. Where Kyle, he's gone across. He's gone across Kyle Felt's lane to get to the ball. You broke it down and said it was a second to go. Mm-hmm. So in that second, so your football instinct, and not, yep. not this is not having a crack at Kapoa, but his football instinct. instinct. The moment yep. that ball left the tee, he it knows was far too long, far too long. He has half a second to to figure that out, but he's off already. And he knows where it should be going. He knows where they would drop it. And that would be on that 10-meter line where he yeah, was. So he's going correct. across for where it should be going. Yes. And then he's watching it sail over. And he goes, this is going too long. Does he change his line? No. Does he keep going? Yes, he does. And that's as he's thinking. So he's got that split second. My natural instinct... And probably this is why I'm not a professional player. <laughs> but my natural instinct is to go where the ball should be, and then when you, should be, yeah, and then not was got, he was going to the, where the ball was, not where it should be. And I come back to the point: he didn't change his line. Cole felt can see him. Mm. He can't see Cole felt. He's not looking at yeah. Cole felt. He probably knows he where didn't Cole change felt his line. Come. I yeah. agree with you, mm. but he didn't go in the direction where the ball, as you just said, should be. He went where the ball was. 
13, 13, <laughs> uh, If you are listening on the, la- on, the, on the lap, if you are listening on the lap on the app, there is a little button there to call as well. You can do that or you can text 0467 736 736. Who's right? Has Corey got this right? Or am, no, no, I, or am, I, or am I? Okay, let, let's move on. Did the Cowboys deserve to win it? Corey? Oh, look, I don't think they deserve to win it. No, I don't. And, and I thought that the Tigers were terrific yesterday. But unfortunately, in the game of rugby league, you don't always get what you deserve. And mm. sometimes it swings and roundabouts. You, you get a try disallowed or pulled off you here and there. And come Monday morning, they make an apology, but it doesn't give you two points back. Um, so, so they're going to make an apology? Well, well, we may hear an apology. I'm saying sometimes there is a, an error and they make an apology on Monday morning, but you don't get the two points back. So uh, the Tigers were the, the better side. I thought they were over the duration of the game. They were the better side. And let's, put that, in con- and let's put that in context. Second v last. Yeah. Yeah, and the and, Cowboys and, had their origin stars. Uh, yeah, they look. They just went into that game complacent. That's just how it was. I think they had nine completed sets in that first half, and they were diabolical. Um, they did enough to get back. As it turned out, they did enough to get the win. Now, at the end of the end of the year, and I think Todd Payton said this in a couple of weeks. You'll all forget about it and move on. It's as a winning points. coach would say. That's correct. But they, <laughs> they. So is that not the result? Because they get the points anyway. But is that a is that a wake-up call they no, needed? Because you said complacency. Yeah, look, it's just a, yeah, okay, we took that game a little bit lighter than what we probably should have. They scored in the opening set. So going into the game, no one gave the Tigers a hope. The Cowboys scored in the opening set of the game. Yeah. They thought, how good is this? It's going to be easy. We've all been there before. Well, sorry, you may not have. Uh, but we've been there before. <laughs> and then you sort of got to really work for it. But uh, they did enough. Um, but unfortunately, as I said, you don't always get what you deserve. Oh, mate, no playing Colts at West. So it's a very <laughs> complacent coming against my old team, South. How bad is that going to go? Uh, thank God we had someone called Brad Thorne on our team to get us home. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Mitch is standing by. He's on the open line. Wants to talk Cowboys. If you've got any questions to Corey Parker, 13, 13 55. It is the Monday's means test. We are off and running this Monday morning. We're coming up to 16 minutes to 10. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, Queensland's new home of trigonometry as well because is that what it is, trigonometry? We have got graphs, we have got diagrams, we've got everything going on in here. Corey Parker in the middle of the Monday means test, all thanks to Franklin's. Franklin's anniversary sale on security screens. It ends Sunday. And the reason we've got the graphs and the diagrams and the angles going, it's all to do with the Cowboys-Tigers match yesterday. Did Ashley Klein get it right? Corey thinks no. I think – oh, hang on. No, no I say yes. Yeah. He got it right. Um, and, and there's going to be – or I thought plenty of people go against what I'm saying. Our first caller that came in uh, actually agreed. If you slow it down, look from the aerial shot. He didn't change his line. But, however, his line was not where the ball was caught. Let's head out to North Lakes where Mitch is standing by. Mitch, how have you seen it? Hey, boys, I reckon that – so if the ball's getting kicked off from the middle of the field, you're standing on the sideline, mm-hmm. you're looking left over your shoulder to see the ball going to where it's eventually going to get to. 100%. So I, I think just in that respect that it's definitely got to go the Tigers' way. But I think the, the problem that we're seeing is the inconsistencies in calls. Yeah. I think that it, this same scenario could happen next week and they'll adjudicate it totally different. Yeah. It's different from not just week to week, but from game to game as well. Yeah. I think that's what's, 
well, frustrating the fans the most. Yeah, hundred percent. And and unfortunately, it's been going on for far too long. But if you watch from the aerial shot, Kapoa actually starts outside the field of play. He is right on the sideline and okay? has to get into the field outside of play. the field of play. Yep. The ball was caught twenty-seven meters from halfway line. He makes contact with Cole Felt at about fourteen meters. Right. The moment it hit the ball, the moment the ball was kicked, one second ago, remind, remember, it was far too long. Your football instincts tell you it was far too long. There was four Tigers players. For them to win the game, they have to come up with a miraculous play and do all this sort of stuff. So, uh, Kapoa, Kapoa did not go for the ball. He was going to where Cole felt. He just ran straight across where Cole felt was running. I this know be, it's hard to this, digest. This, no, it's not hard to digest. I just think Ashley Klein's had a shocker. And as Mitch said, we just want consistency. Mm. Uh, and there's, there's even I've even heard calls this morning to get rid of the bunker. Now, please. The bunker is there to stop Howlers. I reckon they may have come up with one now. But mm. be it the bunker, be it DRS, whatever technology you call it, VAR, when it comes to football, yeah. it needs to be there yeah. because there are millions of eyeballs seeing what happens. And then there's maybe two or three that have missed it on the field with – Everything that's going on around them. So the, the bunker needs to be there. Well, the other thing that the people don't see at home or the general punters, we only see one to two different camera angles. The bunker have a lot more than that. Now, yep. that's not to suggest like, – if you get an opportunity to look at the aerial shot, nrl.com, there's, you know, just pause it and watch where contact's made, the line he's on. Oh, I know. You've been showing me for that, <laughs> for that entire commercial well, I know break. it's going to be one of those, one of those opinions that people go either yay or nay. There's no in-between. <laughs> I think you even had cosine tan going there. Do you remember that from school? <laughs> hey, quickly, I, I want to get on to Parramatta too, yeah. Parramatta and the Broncos. But what about the Titans yesterday? Uh, that was the other game. And, mm. and, and, you know, if there was ever a team they were going to beat, you would have hoped to have been the Bulldogs. I'm going to put to you, Corey Parker. Mm-hmm. Without two intercept tries from Josh Adokar, yeah. Titans are right in this. They're up to their neck because that was pretty much the difference in score. Yeah, it was. I mean, the Titans scored a couple of tries off kicks and, and sort of that was nice. But uh, two intercept tries, as you just mentioned, one of them was very contentious. I mean, again, one foot back on the high line. Was he onside? Yeah. Was he offside? Yeah. And you slow it right down to the nth degree and it sort of appeared that he was onside. But you're right, two intercept tries. Uh, so there's 12 points in it. The Titans did a pretty fair job to come back in that second half. Their first half wasn't where it needed to be. Um, and, and you go to the point where um, did they deserve to win? No, the, the Bulldogs deserve to win that game. So the Titans are in a bit of a spot of bother. They need a little bit of help. All right. We'll get into that uh, after 10 o'clock. Your calls as well. 13, 13, 55. It's the Monday means test here on SENQ. 693 on New Home of Sport in Queensland. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, fast approaching 10 o'clock. We're in the middle of a massive, a, a, a big discussion about the... A big discussion about the Cowboys and Tigers. Wow, I almost went there uh, yesterday. But after the news. We'll take more of your calls on that. We'll dissect the Broncos and Parramatta because Corey Parker's along for the ride as he is every Monday for the Monday means test. Corey did tell us last week that Parramatta was his team to play Penrith in the grand final. What's that mean now after the Broncos win? And can the Broncos defy the template? 
and actually go all the way this year. Are they premiership contenders and pretenders? Uh, the same can be said about the Brisbane Lions. Hugh McCluggage will take us inside the Lions stand and where are they now? One of the great influences in cricket over the last three decades. That's all to come here on SENQ, your new home of sports 693 here in Queensland. It's 10 o'clock. On 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. It's mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, and Corey Parker is with me for the Monday Means Test, all thanks to Franklin's Franklin's anniversary sale on security screens. Ends Sunday, so rip in quick. Things are heating up, not only outside, just on 17 degrees here in this fine winter's morning in Monday, but uh, here in the studio as well. Everyone is talking Tigers, Cowboys yesterday, that controversial finish. Corey and I have been butting heads over it. Ryan is out at Wynnum, has been listening. His take on it. Ryan, good morning to you. Good morning, gents. How are you going? Good. How you well? have you seen it? Um, well, I'd just, I just like to know or ask Corey if he watched the whole game. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I'd just like to touch on common sense, which I know doesn't... It's not so uh, common. Uh, yeah, it's not so very, very, very much so. Now... If you watch any of the kicks in general play, mm. yeah, um, judging by what that caller said, he's only watching what happened because it was controversial. Fair enough, right? But if you watch any kick in general play, you will see, in particularly in that game or in any game over the weekend, people checking in general play from a kick, whether it's on five or four or a big bomb, you will see them turn their head and alter their trajectory to block chases coming through so uh, in general play i don't understand what what is the difference between in general play and that not being pulled up mm-hmm. and the last kick going for a try yeah there is no difference in what you're saying there but the difference being is there was a stoppage in play and the players had one last opportunity to throw roll the dice and they said uh, we want to challenge that um we see so often now when players or a kick goes up and it doesn't have to be in a try-scoring opportunity if a player is run off the ball. So that means the de- defending player runs in a line that is not directly to the ball. Um, we see a penalty given. And, and the other flip side of that is um, if they were going for a field goal, for example, and they missed, and then they had the opportunity yeah. and they said, oh, well, we want to challenge, they're offside, you know, it's, it's, it's a very similar thing. So um, what you're saying is right, however the outcome, I think, would still be the same. And Ryan makes a very good point about consistency as well, and I think that's what everyone's chasing yeah. is consistency. Ryan, thank you for the call this morning. Look, a $100 body science gift voucher is coming your way. All thanks to Body Science Fueling Fit and Healthy Aussies for 23 years. Corey, let's move on to the Broncos and Parramatta. Yeah. 
Last week, you declared Parramatta are the team that will be facing Penrith in the grand final. Is Mm -hmm. that still the case after getting a fair touch-up by Brisbane? Well, Benny, I said Parramatta because that's who I said at the start of the year. I'm not sort of one of these people that jump around and change just based (laughs) on what I've been seeing. So I'll stick with Parramatta. Now, the game that they had against the Broncos was... you know, let's go to the Broncos. First and foremost, they were terrific. Yeah. Very, very good. Parramatta, not so good. Got bashed up in the middle, which is where their strong suit is. And off the back of that, uh, they were unable to get back into the game. They come up with some really unforced errors. Um, so to answer your question, I still stand by what I said at the, before a ball had been kicked at the start of the year. They're still the only team to have beaten Melbourne at home and Penrith at home. Um, but they have got some work to do, don't they? Um, the Broncos were, as I, as I mentioned, were outstanding. I thought Haas, Carrigan and Flegger up front were terrific. Has Thomas Flegler played a better game? Uh, he's played a few good ones, but that was by far at the top of the tree for my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's really starting to find his feet in regards to his role and execute his role and his application and what he's doing. And I thought that game, uh, particularly because they would have been challenged a little bit in the middle because, as we know, the, the Parramatta Eels really like that sort of rough and physical mm. style of football, but the Broncos, they got it over them. He was bending the line. He was up he in was. their face. They all need that. Um, saying then about Parramatta, and you still think it can go all the way, can the Broncos, and maybe you've already answered this, but can the Broncos defy the template? Well, they've defied everything so far, haven't they? Yeah. So, and the template being to win a grand final, if you're just catching up on oh. this for the first time, it is you need an international front rower. Yeah. Broncos have that. Yeah. And three of the four well, of the you spine need... things. Need... This is your recipe, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, but, but you go back through time. and, and they... uh, Look, I've said three it before. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It, you need all that. But it's, it's Penrith Panthers to lose at the moment. Yeah. It, it just is. Um, they are so far ahead. They have so many layers, so many gears. But anything's possible. Absolutely. I mean, the Panthers played the Sharks. Sharks took them to a 10 nil lead, and the Panthers run them down. Um, I still firmly believe it's the Panthers to lose. Um, but to suggest that can the Broncos go all the way, well, they've defied everything so far, as to have the Cowboys. I mean, it's incredible to think the last 12 months for both these sides, where they were to where they are right now, still have six weeks remaining before the semifinals. A lot can happen, as we spoke about last week. And, uh, you know, this week's dished up is completely different. Brisbane's run home. Uh, they've got the Tigers next up. That's at Suncorp. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they head down to the SCG for the Roosters. Yep. The Knights after that back at Suncorp. So 16th, uh, the Roosters trying to cling on to the 8th. Yep. The Knights in 14th. And then in a month's time, they hit the Melbourne Storm. And I want to hit you with this because you yeah. and Cooper Cronk, you have been teammates at Origin and Test yeah. Level in the past, but there was a, a, a little bit of a, a lover's tiff going on Saturday mm. night. You've said Melbourne Storm are in all sorts. They are. Cooper, Cooper, his hit back was, ah, it's just an attitude adjustment. Yeah, well, Cooper, be... Cooper's response to that. And, it, it, sorry, very... and it, all, it all stemmed from Craig Bellamy saying, I've got no answers. Well, it was in the press conference, if you haven't seen Craig Bellamy, they asked Craig about, you know, are you confident you get out of this? Mm. And he said, no, I'm not confident we're going to get out of this. And, and that's the first time that I've seen Craig really show that honesty about where they're at. And facial expressions don't always give everything, but a couple of times when the camera panned to Craig, it was blank. Um, and some of the defensive efforts or errors that, uh, the uh, Melbourne Storm come up with in that game were, were awful. Now, defence is built on its trust. It's built on structure. Over the last four weeks, they've conceded over 100 points. Unheard of for a mm. Melbourne Storm team. Their first try that they led in the other night was in the first set. So 
everyone's everyone's switched on. Everyone's not tired. And Keon Kalamatungi scored out in the centres. He's a back rower. So their numbers were all wrong. They were going backwards 10 metres off their line. They are in all sorts. Now, Cooper said, oh, you know, it's just a simple fix. They just go back and work hard. I don't think it is a simple fix to go back and work hard because they currently don't have the personnel, nor do they have the trust, and the last month have suggested that. His suggestion was that Craig Bellamy was saying that as a, all right, players, up to you. And mm-hmm. that was the, the rocket they would need. That yeah. would be, and you've just said, no, no. No, it's, it's deeper great. than this that for great. me. Yeah, yeah it, it, it just is. I mean, if you look at the score the other night, it was 24 to 12. So let's put into context on that. You would think, oh, okay, Melbourne maybe didn't complete real high. They were at 80%. They had 19 sets to the Bunnies' 19 sets. So even share of possession, 24-12. Melbourne Storm had 40 missed tackles and led in some very, very soft tries. They had players coming up, players going back. Players flying out of line, no trust. If you don't have trust at this stage of the year, it's very hard to get back. Very hard. Now, they may win some games between now and the end, but they are done. They sit on 24 points, which is equal with the Bunnies and Parramatta. So they're in fifth Melbourne and Parramatta in seventh. If they drop a couple more games, and I know for and against is on their side, Mm. are they playing finals this year? I think they play finals because the log jammed at eighth at the moment yep. is so thick um, and their for and against is is good. But um, I I'd never thought I'd say those words, but I'm sure it'll be a headline somewhere, but Melbourne are done for mine. All right. Sean is on the open line, 13, 13, 55. If you'd love to have your say. Sean, morning. What's on your mind? G'day, mate. How you going? Very well. You were watching over the weekend? That's the way. Mate, yeah, yeah, watch the Bronx play. Um, good win. I was just wondering, mate, um, how, how, how did Pat Carrigan come from a good player to an elite player? Like, just over the last couple of years. I mean, when he was ca- captain, he was a good player. I mean, the Bronx was struggling. But he's become an elite player. And where will he play for the Kangaroos? Do you think he'll play locked forward or in the front row? It's an elite question, Sean, Corey. <laughs> oh, look, Paddy Carrigan's matured over the last few years. And, and, you know, some of these players, and Pat being one of them, um, they endured a fair bit of scarring in those early years at the Broncos when he was captain. They took on a lot of losses. Um, got wooden spoon there once or twice. Uh, and, and he's coming out the other side. Now, Pat Carrigan epitomises working hard and, you know, the ability to the finer details to his game. But I think he also feels a lot more comfortable in the skin that he's playing in. And now I say that because you, you start to see an offload from Paddy. He's got a little short pass in him. Uh, and, and they're just through being able to feel comfortable with what you're doing when players are in him. Now, don't ever underestimate what Adam Reynolds has brought to that team also. Exactly. He, he allows those middle forwards to be able to go out there and just empty their tank. So he knows you know, from a middle forwards point of view, you know you're going to go out there, uh, your halfback's going to kick to a corner, you're going to have you know that mm. sort of style of stuff as opposed to being under the pump so often. So you can actually really empty the tank. Now, Paddy, Paddy's taken his game to a whole new level. He announced himself on that stage in, in Origin 1 when he came off the bench. Uh, so to to answer the question, yeah, he's, he's certainly gone to that elite level. Now, does he play for Australia? I'm not sure. I'd, he, he doesn't play lock does, for does Australia. Does he tour? I think he may tour, yeah. I don't think he plays lock for Australia. I mean, Isaiah Yeo's the lock there. I mean, he, he's an incredible player, mm. Isaiah Yeo. And Patrick Carrigan is a great player also, but completely different styles. I think he can, tours. Can you carry him on the bench? Yeah, because he can play in the he can play up front. Yeah, and he's he's got long minutes and he can he's very versatile. So he's he's quite handy in that regard. I think he plays. 
Uh, for Australia, I just don't think he'll start in the lock position. Sean, cracking question. Thank you. 13, 13, 55. You want to be part of the conversation today. Just on Pat Carrigan, I remember, I reckon you, you nailed it with, with Adam Reynolds being there, just taking that pressure off. Because yeah. when Pat Carrigan was named captain of the Broncos, he was 22 yep. and had started 17 first-grade games. Yep. Chucking, I mean, that's it, it's not throwing him under the bus, but I'll tell you what, you could... You could you could hear the screech marks. I mean, you really you really you really good with the bus uh, swerving, Corey. Before we let you go, the, the question I've been asking this morning, based on a conversation I had with Darren Lehman mm. a few a few uh, uh, a few years ago, and he said, "Coaching, yep, you've got to pull the pin when you're 55, 60 tops. There, there is a shelf life as far as coaching, and it's not on knowledge, and it's not on competency, it's not on ability." It's about the generation gap. Yep. You, you've been coached by the best. You've been coached by Wayne Bennett. Mm-hmm. Where's your take? Sit on this. And you've been a coach yourself. Yep. You've been part of that system. Yeah. Is there a gen- is there a generation gap and divide? Uh, well, without doubt, there is a generation gap. I mean, to to answer the question, I think you could still coach past the age of 55, mm-hmm. 60 tops. And, and I think Wayne and also Tim Sheens have shown that. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, another mm-hmm. one. Um Bill Belichick, I'm not sure his age, but he's up around that. Yeah. Um, so you just have to have the ability to adapt. And Wayne's greatest strength is that ability to, to adapt. I mean, he's been in the game over 50 years. Um, and to suggest that – because normally when you talk to somebody that's 71, 72, they're not conversations you'd normally have with a 71, 72-year-old. But no. Wayne's able to talk to an 18-year-old, and I've been a part of change rooms, and we're talking about – Warts and all stuff here in life for eighteen-year-olds, as you can, if you can get my guess, and Wayne's okay with that. So his his ability to adapt, he's not your typical seventy-two-year-old person when he's standing in the mm. change room. Um, the, the the technicalities of the game, I feel, in my own opinion, have passed the seventy-two-year-old people. But the non-negotiables and the things that have worked over a long period of time will always remain the same, which is why somebody like a Wayne Bennett and a Tim Sheens can survive in our game. Wayne Bennett has always had people around him, smart people around him, that do the heavy lifting. I think that is the key. Yes. And, and in any walk of life, be it coaching, be it managing at work, being looking, uh, looking after a mm. team in whatever field or endeavour you're in, if you've got good people around you, yeah. that can actually negate that role. I just – and I'm playing devil's advocate yeah. here – if – you have had someone come at you, and actually, this is not even a hypothetical because we know it happens. If you're a player mm-hmm. and people are coming at you on Twitter, on social media, yeah. or on Instagram, whatever, Wayne Bennett does not have yeah. social media. He he would not get cancel culture. How does that? How can you relate in that department? Well, he can still and relate. Can yeah. Well, he he he's not relating in the sense that oh I've been there done that myself. Mm. He'll give you some advice in around it. If someone's coming at you on social media, what's the easiest thing to do? Get rid of social Get media. Get rid of social media. Yeah. So I mean, but, that's but, as but, simple but as on. it can be. Don't overcomplicate. We're things. both parents, and we say that to our kids. Mm. But we know that's that's social suicide. You can't do that. You can't get rid of social media. Well, you can. I mean, you can, but the implications are you're switching yourself off from the generation that you're talking to. If there's a problem in your life, eliminate the problem. And if it's as simple as that, keep it that simple. But seriously, that's how Wayne operates. Um, But more to the point, from a coaching perspective, 
which I think is where Buff was going, uh, Darren Lehman was going in mm. that regard. You need smart people that can do some heavy lifting around you. And Wayne Bennett is certainly one of those guys. He's got Christian Wolf coming to the uh, to the Dolphins next year, who will then be the head coach. When he was coaching at the Broncos in 15, we went to a grand final. He had Kevin Walters and Steve Kearney as to his two assistants. And Wayne used to just sort of facilitate and massage the whole group, which is what he's very good at. He's the manager. He's the manager, correct. A bit like Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, so uh, you can do it. You just got to uh, – there's only a few that can. 13, 13, 55. Is there and should there be a shelf life on coaching? It's an interesting conversation. You just heard it there from Corey Parker, someone who's been there under Wayne Bennett. Uh, and we're not just singling out Wayne Bennett. Mm. I mean, Tim Sheens, but even you look at Craig Bellamy, who's uh, 62, turning 63. Yeah. Uh, 13, 13, 55. That was the Monday means test. We'll do it all again next week, Corey. Thank you. It's all thanks to Franklin's. It's big savings on outdoor blinds, shutters, and security green- screens at Franklin's. It's their anniversary sale. So, Corey, rush down there. And Sunday, it's 19 and a half past 10. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, coming up to 25 past 10, I can smell the oranges being cut half-time almost here on Mornings with me. Ben Davis, uh, big, big second half coming up. Uh, Trevor Hones, where are they now? He influenced uh, more than a generation of cricket, but also this time 33 years ago, he was having a ball on an Ashes tour. Apparently the worst team ever, ever to leave our shores. Uh, Trevor Hones not too far away. And Hugh McCluggage, the Lions, are they back on track? Premiership contenders or pretenders still 13, 13, 55. They're the numbers. You, oh, there's the numbers you'll need for Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Thanks to BCF. Not doing it just yet. Hold fire. Hold fire. But I will be doing it before midday today, giving you a chance to win $693 here on SENQ 693 AM. Time for a sports update. Alyssa Smith, good morning to you. Judiciary. Yes. NRL judiciary charges have just dropped. Who's in trouble? They have just dropped. Bulldogs Corey Waddell, he is in trouble. He's been referred straight to the judiciary for that dangerous contact on Tino Fasul Malawi in the first half. Mm. Tigers' Ken Malmalo copped a $1,000 fine with an early guilty plea. If he does challenge it and, you know, he uh, isn't successful, it's one and a half grand. Uh, grade one, shoulder charge. That was on Tom Dearden in the 57th minute. So those have just dropped. Bulldogs' Corey Waddell, he's referred straight to the judiciary. And Tigers' Ken Malmalo has copped a $1,000 fine for that shoulder charge. Actually, it's one I'm going to bring up judiciary with uh, Mm. Trevor Gilmeister after 11 o'clock as well, the Minister of Defence. He has got a big issue with Dale Finucane being charged after uh, rearranging uh, Stephen Crichton's ear, I mm. suppose, and oh, yes, yes plastic surgery Brutal. straight away. Uh, ref saw it, fine. On-field officials saw it, fine. Bunker had a look at it, fine. Match reviewers, not nah, two weeks. So Gilly pushing off the back fence after yes. 11 o'clock on that one. Nice. Uh, let me have a look here. We're, we're trying to keep an eye on what's happening in Eugene, Oregon. If you're just joining us for the first time today, we've already spoken to Kelsey Lee Barber, uh, Australia's latest world champion. She has joined the elite. In mm-hmm. fact, she is the elite. Kathy Freeman, the only other Australian athlete to win back-to-back world titles, athletic world titles. And then you throw in the names of Sally Pearson and Yana Pittman to that group, along with Kelsey Lee Barber, are the only Australians to have 
dual world titles to their names. It just so happens Amazing. that Kelsey Lee has done it back-to-back. If you missed that conversation, uh, head online and subscribe to the podcast. That's right, SENQ. It's either on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can download anything you've missed from the show. Alyssa, we're going to get stuck into where are they now very shortly. But first of all, let's get a news update with Vanessa Gibson. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, bang on half past 10 this Monday morning, 18 degrees as we sail majestically through the start of the week. 13 13 55 is the number you need. Look, if you want to own your own piece of cricketing history in this state, well, this morning, AB... Alan Border is helping launch Queensland Cricket Foundation's Buy a Picket campaign. A picket, white picket fence. Yeah, the one around Alan Border Oval. You have a chance to own your own slice of cricketing history, having your name emblazoned on a picket at the redeveloped AB Field. All funds go to supporting the great work of the Queensland Cricket Foundation, who invest in cricket initiatives to create, I guess, positive differences around this state and into communities, which sports bring. So you can have that and have your name on a white picket at AB Field forever in a day. It's all been redeveloped. It's absolutely glorious. It's made and made made bigger. Uh, you can jump on Queensland Cricket's website to find out details. Who can have been out? Where are they now? Well, 33 years ago today, our next guest was in England. Part of, apparently, the worst Ashes team ever to leave our shores. But then this happened. Holmes has done it. That is the wicket. And will both of them be able to forgive himself is the second question to answer. Holmes deceived him, brought him down the track and slipped it through his guard. Botham couldn't resist the attempt to hit it over the sight screen, over the top of the stand at the Warwick Road end and onto the station. There we go. Trevor Hones. He played seven tests for Australia. He took 17 wickets along the way before going on to hold the most important and most unforgiving job in the country. Uh, No, he wasn't Prime Minister. Uh, Much more important than that. He actually had a daily performance review from 25 million Australians. Can you imagine Albo and ScoMo getting a daily performance review from 25 million Australians? They'd love that engagement, wouldn't they? Um, And of those 25 million Australians, they all thought he could do his job and do it better than him. He was the chairman of selectors of the Australian cricket team. It is a role that he held twice over the last 30 years. Think about the players that have been and gone and have been part of cricketing folklore over that 30 years. What have we got? Ponting, Gilchrist, Hayden, McGrath, Warren, Simons, Healy, Warner, Clark, Labashane. Wow. Scotty Muller. Yeah, exactly. He picked them and he dropped them. Uh, before that, he was a, well, he played for Queensland and captain Queensland. He even played with Beefy, sorry, Lord Botham, and was a member of that team, as I said, to travel to the Ashes, the worst ever to leave our shores, but to bring it home. He is on the line now. Trevor Hines, good morning to you. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Very well. I was hard to read your writing there about that big lead-up I gave you, the introduction that you sent me. Well, to... <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of a few things. <laughs> you forget a lot of stuff that happened 30 years ago and in between. So, yeah, no, very good. 
Well, I'm going to get into 30 years ago very shortly, but what fills mm. your days now, Cracker? What are you up to? Yeah, I, I, you know, playing a little bit of golf. I live up the Sunshine Coast now, playing a little bit of golf and, and also have an interest in a restaurant called Pier 33 at Malula Bar, which is the old Malula Bar yacht club that many people may remember, many people from Brisbane and, and the Sunshine Coast. So, so that certainly keeps me uh, keeps me busy these days, which is nice. What's the special for the week at Pier 33? Oh, probably a whole fish or something like that because we we do we do a lot of seafood. So, yeah, but maybe you have to come up and try it then. Oh, there we go. There's an invitation I can't refuse. Now, there you go. how how's your how's your drinks menu? And the reason I ask that is because mm. on that '89 Ashes tour was that famous flight over where David Boone yeah. had a crack and successfully broke the record for number of beers consumed. Mm. What were you doing on the flight over, Trevor? Well, I, I think we're all sort of hovering around Bernie or, or those that were involved or not so much involved, but sort of pushing him along to, to have a crack. So I, I think there were several of us, and I, I must say I'll put my hand up. I was I was one of them that, uh, you know, you spent a bit of time with him to keep him going. So you, we, we were all doing our shift, put it, <laughs> put it that way. So, like, pay, um, like pace setters, keeping pace. That's exactly right. So to, to keep him going, and yeah. um, fortunately, in in those days, the the coach was up. It was one of the old seven four sevens, I think, and he was upstairs in the bubble and had no knowledge of what was going on downstairs. So, so uh, yeah, I, I think it wasn't it, it wasn't a very nice situation once he found out when we got <laughs> to the other end. But anyway, Bernie had to contend with that, and we didn't, which was which was nice. On that tour, Alderman Lawson, the, the Quicks, they got a lot of accolades, but that wicket of Ian Botham at Old Trafford that I just played before, it, it, it was crucial. It was the fourth test, but it was the fourth of six tests, and, and you're up 2-0 in the series because the third test was a draw. That and this test is one that could have sealed the series for you, and, and you got out arguably their best player. For a duck. Yeah, it was, it, it was an interesting situation, I, I suppose, because um, uh, Ian probably hadn't played at, at his best during the se- uh, the series at that stage, and, and the pressure was was on him to play one of those match inning, match winning innings that everybody knows that he could. So I, I thought he came out with the intent to be very positive and aggressive, and of course I happened to be bowling at the time, and being old former Queensland teammates and you know, he thought he'd probably try to take me down, which at that stage I was probably the logical one to go for because the fast bowlers were bowling well and, and taking a lot of wickets, as we as we know. So it was one of those things. I think he got himself out. There's no, uh, no, um, nothing my part. It was just there and he missed it. He tried, tried to hit it into next week and missed it and got bowled. So, yeah. Well, were there any words exchanged? I mean, you, you had played with him. There would have been some friendly teammate banter going on, surely. Uh, only a little bit, but not not when he came out to bat, but more more uh, after the game and then subsequent games after that. You know, I, I think I've, I may have been lucky enough to to get him out of two or three times again in that series, and uh, so there's a bit of frivolity there about him being a bunny and all that sort of stuff as as <laughs> goes on. on what, with, what, with was he, people. what what was he like uh, to play with in Queensland? Terrific. Yeah. He, he was terrific, and and. You know, the the year he spent it at Queensland, sure, there was a little bit of drama went on, as, as has been probably publicised. But he he was a larrikin, and he was great. He was great to play with, 
And, you know, the other thing I will say, I think at the time he may have copped a bit of criticism for once again not performing as people expected. But if you go back and have a look at his record as an all-rounder, put it, put it down as an all-rounder, his numbers were very good that season. So I think he was a little bit unfairly criticised there. Trevor Hines, my guest this morning, Monday morning. Now we're talking 89 Ashes series. But after after you uh, retired from rolling the arm over, Cracker, you, you went on to be part of the selection panel, 1994, and then chairman not long after that. And it was a golden period for Australian cricket. I mean, there was the the... The, the, the series test wins, there was the record as far as one day as there was World Cups. Out of all the names you picked and, and, and players that you brought into the fold into international cricket, is there is there a favourite? Is there one that stands out? Is there is there one you sit back and go, geez, we got that right? Yeah, probably. And, and um, I, I will always say that there's probably two and uh, rightly or wrongly, I, I, I always regard the selection of Adam Gilchrist as as, as one that really paid off. Um, okay, it was a difficult time, of, of course. We had to drop Ian Healy, which is unfortunate. Um, but when Adam Gilchrist came in, he, he changed the way our middle order played and took games away from opposition. The way he was, he was so aggressive, and once again, his record will testify that. And the other one, of course, is Glenn McGrath after having played only. Oh, I don't know. It would have been a handful of Sheffield Shield games. <clears throat> he was chosen, and and as we know, what his record was, he's one of the all-time greats. What did you see in him? Well, he was tall. Number one, we, <laughs> in those days, we 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 liked tall, fast bowlers, and and then of course you you look closely at at his bowling action. So we we obviously thought not much can go wrong there, and he had enough pace and and a lot of accuracy. And, you know, we probably considered in, in those days we needed people who could bowl reasonably accurately because a lot of teams around the world were four hitters. So we obviously thought that he had the ingredients to do a job that we uh, wanted him to do at that mm. stage. Little did we know he'd go on to be probably the greatest fast bowler. Well, that, with uh, Australia's head. Well, with Adam Gilgrave, I mean, look, two two awesome selections there. I mean, imagine saying that, yeah, I'm I'm half responsible for bringing these blokes into into the international frame. But with sure. that, you, you mentioned Gilchrist for Healy, like that. Mm. That is a tough. That is a tough conversation yeah. to have. I mean, you, you played with heels, teammates, you, yeah. your mates. How how does how do you even start that conversation? Yeah, it wasn't very it wasn't very pleasant from my side of the fence, and it was, it was something that. Uh, we obviously thought had to be had to be done uh, at at that stage. Uh, Divial because Hills and I were were mates, and you know to to this day uh, we still get on very well. But it wasn't very nice at the time. Uh, Ian probably couldn't quite understand uh, that we couldn't give him his last game at the at the Gabba, which mm. was the first test of a series, and and just you know we thought if we're going to make a change, the start of a series is the right time. And I say that now, rightly or wrongly. We may have been wrong, but we may have got it right. We don't know. There was a few he did get right. Trevor Hones, my guest this morning, uh, former chairman of Selectants, uh, and he has presided over, well, the golden period of Australian cricket. There's so many, but the last three decades have been golden eras for Australia. I know there were some down times, but some of the names we just rattled off there uh, were huge. I, I want to ask you about modern-day stuff now, Crack. It's only been, Ooh, it's only sure. been about, what, 12 months since uh, since you did stand down. It was last year. Yeah. 
Pat Cummins as captain, a bowler mm-hmm. as captain. Yeah. It's something that is you, know, you can't have a bowler as a captain, can you? <laughs> <laughs> that that used to, that used to be the thinking, but uh, Pat Cummins certainly has the has the right um, ingredients to be a be a very good captain. He's a terrific man. He's a player's man as well. Mm. Uh, he's smart. He's well, very well educated. The only issue that anyone could raise there about him being captain is, is he going to play every game? And, and look, I'm sure that, that uh, the selectors and the Australian Cricket Board, or Cricket Australia, as they're called now, take all that into account. And if he's the best man for the job, he's the best man for the job, and then make make other arrangements to back him up when and if needed. What about in your time? I mean, there was a, a bloke who had serious cricket IQ, was the best in the world at what he did, and teammates, the majority of them, loved him in Shane Warne. Was oh, there ever consideration yeah. of making Warney captain? Yeah, I, I think uh, um, there certainly was. And, and, you know, my panel at that stage, I, I think it was after Mark Taylor, maybe, just from memory, I'm not yeah. sure on the time frame, but um, we had to, had to uh, recommend a, a captain, which... Our recommendation would go to Cricket Australia Board for them to uh, to ratify, uh, and Shane was was probably at that stage in our thinking, and was probably going to be our our preferred option. Um, in those days, um, the chairman of the the Cricket Board, who was Dennis Rogers, he and I had a very good relationship, and and before I was to go to the meeting. Um, to give our recommendation, he rang me and said, who, who are you going to put forward? <clears throat> so I said, probably we're thinking Shane. And uh, unfortunately, he, he said, well, mate, I, I think you better have another thing because I don't think I could get that up for you around the board table. Wow. So th- that's how it, how it went. And uh, I was forever grateful that, that he did give me that, that call because it wouldn't have looked very nice had we made a recommendation and then had that knocked back, and that became public knowledge, etc. So it would have been, wouldn't have been right for us as as a group of selectors, and also the Cricket Australia board. So I was pretty grateful that that, that happened at that stage. Amazing stuff, amazing stuff, Trevor. I'm going to let you get back to that golf course restaurant, whichever one it is. Really appreciated you having you on the show, and it's good to good to talk to you again. No trouble, Ben. Thanks, and uh, thanks for the time. There we go. Trevor Hines, uh, Test for Australia, crucial and part of that 89 Ashes series and also Chairman of Selectors. And what about that? Shane Warne could very well have been Captain of Australia. The Selectors wanted him. The board didn't. Mm. It's coming up to, what are we, 16 away from 11. We're going to head inside the Lions Den straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, 11 away from 11. Let's take a quick dive inside the Lions' Den for the first time in nine weeks. They've had back-to-back wins, but they are about to head into what I believe is their biggest match of the year, Richmond on Sunday at the MCG. But... Three wins in the last month, including the Q Clash on Saturday night where they beat the Suns 110 to 93, uh, will give them confidence. A big part of the reason they won is the man who's on the line now, Hugh McCluggage. Hughie, good morning, mate. How are things inside the den on this Monday? Yeah, going well, thanks, mate. We are. We just um, coming for 
few meetings and, and some weights and uh, get moving again. All right. Back to back. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. We've been a little bit on and off. Uh, seem to have one good game and one poor one. And uh, obviously a few things have, have happened with, with injuries, COVID, etc. But hopefully we can string a few together now and, uh, and start to build our form. Well, speaking of form, yours have been pretty good. 25 touches and a goal on the weekend. This comes off after the Giants match where you were best on ground. Four goals were going for a career best five. So you must be feeling pretty good about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm just, just trying to um, be consistent with my game and, and put together a solid patch of form. I think, um, you know, you can bob up and, and have a good game here or there, but the, the toughest part about the AFL is doing it week in, week out. And, um, yeah, I'm just happy that I'm, I'm being able to contribute to, to the team in, in different ways and, um, and each week. Well, mate, you're doing a very good job and you're doing a very good job of being humble about it too, which is what I love about your team. The, the, one, the, the, one, the one thing I liked about Saturday night is you didn't have it all your own way. I mean, the Suns led at halftime, three-quarter time. You had to come back and dig down, uh, dig deep to, to find something to win. Yeah, definitely. They, they played really well. Uh, it was a really big game for both them and us. They obviously going for top eight, and, and we're fighting for a spot as well, um, and, and in that top four. So, yeah, they they came at us hard. They um, played some really good footy, and we probably missed a few opportunities early, but it was great that we could stick with it and, and finish off well in that last quarter. That must give you confidence heading to Melbourne this weekend. And it's, it is the elephant in the room. It's the bogey, the gorilla on the back, whatever you want to call it, the, the MCG. You, you need to win there to win the title, to win the flag. But you haven't won there yeah. since 2014. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, obviously the grand finals played at the G, so it's important that um, you can get some confidence there and, and play some good footy there this weekend. But... We don't really want to speak about it too much. I mean, it's not too dissimilar to the Gabba in terms of the ground. Um, we've just got to we've just got to get out there and, and play well because we haven't done that um, in our last few games there. Why, why is that, Huey? Why is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, we've played some good teams there. Uh, obviously, played the D's who were who were going really well, um, and yeah, we we just didn't bring the effort that night, and and our pressure was way down. So. We don't get a whole lot of opportunities to play there. And unfortunately, when, when we have, we haven't delivered. Uh, so we're looking forward to another chance at it this weekend. All right. Well, one man who won't be there, sadly, is Daniel Rich. How's he, how's he feeling after the weekend? Yeah, I think he's feeling pretty good. Um, it was obviously a pretty sickening uh, incident. And yeah, he's just frustrated that he, that he can't get um, you know a good run out. He, he was out, obviously, the week before mm. with with a little niggle and um, yeah, it, it was good to get a few of those, those boys to um, come back and, and get a clean, clean game in. But yeah, obviously, obviously for Richie disappointing, but hopefully he'll be right to go uh, in, in two weeks time. All right, mate. Well, I'm going to let you go because I know you've got those meetings and weights to get to. Appreciate you taking us on that deep dive inside the line stand. Go well against Richmond this weekend at the MCG. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. There we go. Huey McCluggage, Brisbane Lions midfielder, one of their best. And he's right up there in the coaches' votes as well. You'd have to think he'd pick up some Brownlow votes too. Uh, what are we? 7-6 uh, away from 11. All Queensland's biggest sports quiz coming up shortly. This is Mornings with Ben Davis.
Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, coming up to 11 o'clock, Cedric Dubler needs to, well, he needs to have Cedric Dubler in his corner. Currently sitting ninth at the, uh, with two events to go in the decathlon at the World Athletics titles. Ash Maloney, uh, another Queenslander, has had to pull the pin today on that, if you're just catching up with that news, because of a knee injury. We don't know if he's going to the Com Games. You'd have to think not. But we're cheering on Cedric. He's got a bit of work to do with two events to go. Speaking of Com Games, you'll hear it all here on Queensland's new home sport, SENQ 693. News time now, straight after the break. Trevor Gilmeister, the Axe, the Minister of Defence, here to continue our chat about rugby league. What a weekend it was. Now on 693 SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. It's mornings with Ben Davis. Ah, yes, it's a big final hour coming up. Thanks for your company this morning. We have got the Queensland's biggest sports quiz. $693 to give away all thanks to BCF. We'll be doing that before midday, so stand by. The number you need is 13 13 55. Not just yet. Not just yet, because right now... We are bringing in the Minister of Defence. That's right, Queensland, Australia's Minister of Defence, Trevor Gilmaster, the Axe, to talk all things rugby league. And, Gilly, everyone is talking about the last minute in Townsville yesterday. Holmes goes to the air. A catch there for Dane Laurie. Oh, there's a collision off the ball. A collision. No whistle at this point in time. Chris Butler... Kyle felt well, he just runs into the back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's he runs into the back of Asu Kapoa, and this will be game over. Kapoa's running towards the ball, had no eyes for Kyle Felt. I don't think you can award a penalty to Asu Kapoa yeah. sideways, which denies Kyle Felt. Oh, my oh, goodness. What? You're, my what? goodness. Are you serious? He's had a shocker in the box today. Ashley Klein, absolute shocker. You crushed him from before. They retained it because the bunker had okay. increased it. Can I challenge that? You can't challenge, challenge the, offside. You can't okay. challenge the bunker. They Why not? Are, it's a challenge. It's a fair challenge. They already cleared that, mate. He strikes it. He bends it back, and the Cowboys will escape. It is the great escape. It is the great escape. SEN's Brandy Alexander there having a, well, he had his say at the end of it. What yours? 13, 13, 55. Trevor Gilmeister, did the bunker get it right? Absolutely. No. no. <laughs> I was going to say. You had to I, stop yourself. No, no, there. no. That no. Big I thought red you were going to say, <laughs> did they get it absolutely wrong? No, they were right. No, they didn't get that right at all. That was a dreadful decision. Hey, honestly, like Cole felt as milked that, and the officials are gone hook, line and sinker. And as I said before, didn't even get the bait on the hook. And he dead set, he milked it a beauty. So you're on, you're on my side. This is, I, this is what I went head to head with Corey Parker for the last uh, 45, for the 41st yeah. 45 minutes of the show. He said, no, correct call. Yeah, Corey's it. <laughs> okay. Oh, now, um, <laughs> in breaking news, the West Tigers have lodged an official complaint and, and threatening legal action. Yeah, that, uh, that can't be a thing. No, nah, sure. I, I don't think so. I mean, you've got to 
I'm, I mean, there's. I've, I've never really heard of uh, a decision like that being overturned mm. uh, before, and they did, um, and, and and rugby leagues. You know, it's one of them games that, and I've been involved. You know, when you get the rubber the green and you don't sometimes, or, but that was to get that run uh, wrong like that, uh, and then you obviously the bunker gets it wrong, so you can't even challenge it. You know what I mean? So it would be frustrating for the Tigers because obviously at six or seven in a row they've lost, and obviously goes to show you when when you're in in, in form and you're confident like the Cowboys, and they lost you know the the previous week, but. Um, you know, they're playing with a lot of confidence at the moment, the Cowboys, and, and Val Holmes is, is playing great footy. So, uh, yeah, oh, I mean, I, I feel for the Tigers. You know I mean? And when things are going wrong, they really go wrong, don't they? Saying that, Cowboys second spot, Tigers oh, yeah. in the last place. Did the Cowboys deserve to win it? Um, well, they, lo- they, they lost it, if you know what I mean. Obviously, they won, but, mm. I mean, they lost the game themselves because they, they were in – in front there, quite a few, and all of a sudden, towards brought, towards the end though, I mean that first half was a sh- they had oh, to they had to play catch up. Yeah, exactly. They were completion fifty percent, yeah. oh, and that's not the Cowboys. So I mean, um, hopefully that's the bullet they you know the kick in the backside that they need, and, and I and I reckon uh, you'll see them come out and play really well next week. I'm, I'm not sure who they got, but um, yeah, I wouldn't like to be that team. We're just having a look at the uh, the judiciary that has come through today, Gilly, and we see that Corey Waddell has been referred straight to the judiciary okay. for, for that potential eye gouge on, on yeah. Tino Fasua Mawale. How, how did you see that in the Bulldogs-Titans game yesterday? Yeah, uh, with things like that, um, the bloke who's getting it done to him is the only person who can really tell, you know, if he's dead set, you know, put his fingers, you know, and, and the pressure uh, on your face. So, I mean... It can look a lot worse than what it is, um, you know, but it's not a good look. Uh, Tino did blow up a little bit afterwards, um, mm. you know, he was, and the, the boys did, um, you know, pick him out, Corey Waddell, and, um, and and I think, obviously, he should have readjusted his – and I've had my – you know, caught my hands there sometimes and then you readjust your hand, you well, know, that, I mean, that's once what you I, do that. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. When you're on field and there's three or four in the tackle, yeah. as they were in this stage, and f- for mine, Corey Waddell – wasn't looking at Tino and couldn't no, see no, Tino's no, face. No, no. But do you know when oh, you've got oh, the hands yeah, in yeah. where they shouldn't be? Oh, well, you'd feel you'd feel that and go, oh, geez, I need to move my hand yeah. in a different position here. You know what I mean? So, so not not a footballing accident or just something uh, that happens in the game. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, the game's so fast nowadays. Mm. You know what I mean? It was wasn't as quick when I was playing and. Uh, yeah, and, and you did probably have a little bit more time, but yeah, it's probably not a good look. And, and Tino's the only one who knows, and obviously Corey as well. Yeah, um, how much pressure was on his face? And, and the reason I say that, the fact that he wasn't looking—that's th- also been my defence with the Tigers Cowboys with Kapow coming in from the solo. He wasn't looking at Kyle Felt. He was looking at where the ball was going. Of course he was. And his yeah. line did not change, without a doubt. Now Corey Parker's argument, and I think if I'm gonna, we're trying to dig up the audio of Corey talking about this a little bit earlier in the show. If you haven't, if you haven't uh, heard it, but Corey's argument is that we that. He can't just be running at, say, 12 o'clock if the ball is heading towards 3 o'clock direction. But he didn't change his line. And no, I thought no, that was exactly. what the rule, yeah, rule was thought, about. I thought it was too. So, uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and that's that's why we love rugby league because there's always an opinion. All right, well, let's hear Corey Parkers. The context of the game, there is one second remaining. So from a player's point of view, 
you have one opportunity, one last ditch, right? So I'm going to be on Kapoa's side here for a moment. Uh, the kick, they caught the kick 27 metres from where it was kicked off. Far, far too deep, okay? So in the moment that's left the boot uh, from the Cowboys, Kapoa should know it's going too deep, okay? Kapoa, if you get the aerial angle, moves in a direction which wasn't to where the ball was caught. Okay? You, you with yeah, me? No, which I'm with wasn't. You. I'm with you. So when we I don't see, agree with you, but no, I'm no, with you. Yeah, stay with me. So when we see the uh, uh, the the angle, and, and it was mainly that front-on angle that mm. we saw on the TV, but if you get a chance, go on NRL.com and, and have a look at that and just pause it and see where the ball's caught and where Kapoa makes contact. He is moving where the ball didn't go. There we go. Corey Parker. Do yeah, you... but the ball landed another five metres yeah. or eight metres further than that, didn't it? You know what I mean? So, so Corey's saying in that split second, and it was one second left on the clock, you're going where the ball you think, and mm. it should be going if yeah. you're kicking off properly, but it went, Corey's saying it's gone too far. You have that time to adjust to, to, to no. make that decision? He's, he's thinking quicker than me. <laughs> and that's what no, I want to get from a player's yeah, oh, point of view. Yeah. He's a forward too, so yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't agree with Corey there. It's a great debate that'll be going on 13, 13, 55. What are you saying at your place uh, on the road at work? It is the big topic of conversation in rugby league. Uh, let's get back to the judiciary, Gilly, before mm. we get uh, some texts and calls coming through. Actually, yeah, the text number 0467736736, which is 0467SEN, uh, Gilly, the judiciary with Dale Finucane. Yep. It, it was a horrific injury that Stephen Crichton uh, suffered in yeah. that Sharks-Penrith game. Dale Finucane has or is facing two weeks for what I thought was just a Rugby league com- collision. Collision. I I, I do agree. Um, the problem is with, you know, where we are in the game now. It's it's all about the look, you know what I mean? So, um, and Dale Finucan, and I've done exactly the same as what he's done. Um, and what you're trying to do is come out of the line, put a bit of a shot on someone, pop the ball out so you get the ball back and try and get a, a chance for your team to win. That's what you're trying to do. Uh, it's a collision sport. Um and, and you got to do it within the rules, though. Right? He hit oh, him yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, it was head on head, really. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and someone's head's normally harder than the other person's head sometimes. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think the bi- the big thing is there, as I said, he come out of the line. He mm. come he come in front of one of his players as well to to put a big shot on, and everyone goes, "Oh, look!" You know, look at that. So it's a bit of a shock um, for everyone when they do that, and, and it's it's kind of. For me, it's I, two or three weeks for that. I, I can't. I couldn't believe that. Ref saw it. Bunker saw it. Though on field action taken, but now the match reviewers are saying. But the issue, Ben, I think the bigger picture here is that um, everyone's trying to make the game so clean, right? And then it's you know all contact sports. You know all the footy codes, right? Are contact sports. There's no doubt about that. And people are going to get hurt, mate. It, you know, go and play marbles. You know what I mean? So. Um, you're not going to stop injuries in the footy in the footy codes. Well, that was going to be my next question. If it wasn't half his ear hanging off and he had to go to yeah. see a plastic surgeon, surgeon. straight after, yeah, yeah. would those charges have been like? Well, I mean, does um, Pappenhausen have a, you know, like he's got his knee, knee on knee. I mean, I, this sounds ridiculous, but 
it's his, it's his, his fault for his knee hitting him. You know what I mean as well. So Jack Whiten's knee, exactly right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's I mean, white, it's white. It's white. Patton has him for the season, but yeah, yeah. But he doesn't and get and charged. Destroyed for his that. knee. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's there's accidents going to happen all the time, and and he was doing. He, he wasn't trying to hit him in the head. He was trying to make a good shot on the ball to get you know displace the ball, and so each team gets it back. Cronulla gets the ball back. So I mean. It's not, yeah, I'm, I don't, everything's not going to be cut and dried all the time. And that's why that, you know, as I said again, it's a fast game now, rugby league. It's super quick um, and always has been, but it's a lot quicker nowadays. And you don't have the time to think as much, you know what I mean? So if someone's coming at 100 mile an hour and you're going, you've got you to have him, you've got to take him on, you know what I mean? Like, you know, get out of the way, <laughs> you know, go go and sit on the sideline if you don't like the collisions. So, I mean, that that's what's happening. And I do get a little bit, peeved off sometimes I said oh it's not a good look for the kids well junior sport is completely different to senior senior sport don't compare them at all they're, they're not the same they they do copy their or emulate their heroes if they yeah, see yeah, them yeah, yeah yeah but they they like the the flick passes and and things like that you know but they're not going to come out there and and do stuff like that all the time I, I I I understand where you're coming from but yeah it's not mate because I see someone go out there and stiff arm someone I, as a kid I, I, I never thought about doing that when I was on the field, you know what I mean? So, you know, and that's, and they used to get away with a lot more those days and they used to see that a little bit, you know, in the old days, in the back play and things like that. But well, I never did that. Well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> well. <laughs> hang on. No, no, hang no, on. I mean, we'll talk about. In 19... front of someone. We'll talk, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about 1986 very, very yeah, shortly. Oh, uh, we, we do have to take a break at 16 minutes past 11. Trevor Gilmeister, <laughs> the, the axe for a reason. Uh, Before we go to the break, has Sean got it right? He said, Gilly, if you look at the footage of both Felton Townsend, they both run looking in. They both run looking to run into Tigers on purpose to milk the right. penalty. 100% right. Sean's a genius. He Thir- should be on the judiciary. <laughs> 13, in the bunker, everything. 13, 13, 55. Sean got it right. Speaking of judiciary and going to face charges, we'll get Gilly's take on what happened to him when he did that straight after the break. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13, 13, 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. 22 past 11. Thanks for your company. Your chance to win $693 if you know your sport. Now is the time to put your money where your mouth is. Well, not just yet, but very shortly. Anyway, all thanks to BCF. It is Queensland's biggest sports quiz. When I give you the lead-in question, the first question, uh, just be the first caller through on 13 13 55 693. You could be jumping into your skyrocket. Trevor Gilmaster, my guest this morning, as he is every Monday after 11. Now, Gilly, I'm glad you're here because on Friday lunchtime, there was a reunion yep. of the 1992, 30 years of the 1992 Broncos Premiership winning team. Uh, so I'm glad you survived that. I'm glad you've got... 30 years. Th- Holy moly. 30 years, How I know. fast ago. Exactly right. I, I want to play you something that one of your teammates from that grand final oh, has oh, said over the weekend. Happens to be now the coach of the Broncos. Oh, Kevin. Kevin. Oh, yeah, That's Kevin. Right. Remember That's him? That's all right. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's you, th- right. you thought I dug uh, something uh, up yeah, from... Yes. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say someone. No, no, yeah, no. okay. That, save that story. We'll come yeah. back to that. But this was Kevin after the, their win on the weekend. I'm not going to argue with it. He certainly, there's been some great buys for, for the Broncos over time, um, way back to, to initially when the club was started. But, I mean, the transformation that he's had amongst all of us, and coaches included, has been quite amazing. And I, I sort of 
didn't know it was going to happen, but I had a great feeling from the first time that I, that I met him down and him and his, uh, him and his family, um, you know, down in Sydney. Uh, I just knew straight away that he was the right bloke, you know, for the Broncos. He was, of course, talking about Adam Reynolds, the, yep. the current skipper. Is he the best buy in Broncos club history? Oh, he, I mean, how do you how do you pick that? You know, as a saying, like your, your favourite child, and um, I've got a couple. Well, that, you, know, you got a couple yeah. go. No, no. I, Don't I'm say sick. you from the Roosters. No, in no, 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 <laughs> no, no, not me. Um, no, I, I think it, I, I would I would say Lazo's got to be up there. Oh, an oh, international front doubt, rower changed changed the way without the Broncos played. Yep. But I mean. But they're like Elf wasn't bought there. He was he, no, but you know that's what I mean? so I'm saying. Players yeah. who were bought, yeah. Well, Lazo? I mean, well, Lazo, yeah, 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 he has to be in the conversation, no doubt about that. Uh, and, and I was fortunate enough to play with him. You know, yeah. those two grand finals. Um, it was great, great to have him there. Yeah, and, and as I said, like trying to pick your best players. It's like a, every year I hear about these or, origin teams. You know, yeah. pick your best ever origin team. You know, it's yeah. just so bloody hard. Of course you know it mean? is. That's Honestly. why we love it. Yeah, I That's know. That's why we love like, it. You know. We'll get to Liam in just a moment. He wants to talk Cowboys game before that, just on the Broncos, uh, after touching up Parramatta. And th- it was a fair yeah. touch-up too. How do you think they are going? Do you think they're the real deal to break that premiership drought? Well, I think that's to can, go. Can they do it? Can they go all the way? Can I they beat Penrith? They, oh, at the moment, to be honest, I'd say no. Mm-hmm. I reckon they're still t- like 12 months away. Uh, but... But the good thing about them, they're improving all the time. So mm. how much can you improve? And how much can Penrith improve? They're, they're probably at their they, – they wouldn't admit this is nearly at their peak. Mm. You know, so, I mean, uh, it's hard to stay up there for a long time. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think the Broncos have got more room for improvement if in them, if you know what I mean. If you're a Broncos fan, do you agree with Gilly? 13-13-55. Liam is... Oh, no, Liam's gone. Well, we did want to talk Cowboys. Liam, if you come back, we do want to talk Cowboys. In the meantime, Gilly. Yep. Judiciary. Might have been there a couple of times. Really? Yeah. yeah. What happened? In 1986, talk us through it. Uh, First year of grade in Sydney, wasn't it? Yeah, I... I, I I blame Arthur Beaton for this. Because um, <laughs> he's not here to defend no, himself. No, no. And um, Wayne, Wayne Bennett come down uh, in 1986, you know, to watch a few of us play because he was the origin coach. Um, and it was just, you know, origin was just around the corner. And, and Arthur said to me, uh, Wayne, Wayne Bennett's here to watch you play. Have a big game and you're a fair chance of being picked for Queensland. And I might have went out there a little bit silly. And um, tried to impress too much, and I necked Des Hasler. All right, so and and I got sent off. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, where, a, just a little, just a little one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and imagine this now though too, Benny. I, I was only talking to a few blokes from the Roosters a while ago, and when I come off the field, a bloke hit me in the head with a can. A manly supporter, and I end up getting about four or five stitches in my head. Mm. He threw it like in those days weren't the aluminium cans; they were the steel cans. Oh, the steel cans. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and he's hit me in the head with this can, and he turned around, and I, there was a rail going up into the dressing shed, and I couldn't do it now. I just must have been adrenaline. I jumped up, pulled myself up onto the rail, and like and there's no cameras those days, you know, pulled myself up on the rail, and he had his back to me, and he was laughing with his mate laughing you know and I said and I said oi and he turned around and I punched him straight between the eyes you know mate so and 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 and, 
and I dropped it, dropped down on my feet, and the manager said, "Get in the sheds, yeah. get in the sheds quickly." You know, but that's but, not what I was thinking about when no, you no, did the no. judiciary. But that's that's, <laughs> that's what, that's what yeah. happened. The lead up to the judiciary, anyway, right. and so and so on Tuesday, I had to go to Phillip Street, and uh, I had you didn't have lawyers in that those days, so I went to the club. You have, normally have two directors from the club, and and uh, Bob Seabrook and another fella. Lovely fellas that they're, they're not with us anymore, and uh, they were they had they'd had half a dozen schooners while they were there as well. Like you know, anyway. And, and these guys are representing yeah, yeah, you, the yeah. judiciary, so, right? So, okay, so, yeah. So we <laughs> so they we knew dro- how your chances were. Yeah, so we drive we drove off to the uh, judiciary in Phillip Street and went in there, and it was like a dead set. Like uh, try and paint the picture that they were sitting up higher on a higher level, and there were three oh, of them yeah. sitting there, like and we were sitting down. So right. it was like, almost like a court? 100% yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is the court, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and uh, they put the video in, uh, the old video those days, put it in, and and you know, my two directors are sitting beside me, either side of me, and they showed the vision, and they've gone, oh, <laughs> like this. I said, hey, hang on, you're on my team. <laughs> you know, like, and they, because it's the first time they've seen it. And I'm just going... And I'm, that doesn't look too flash. And um, poor old Des got to stretch it off, you know, at the time. So I said. And what, did I said, you plead not guilty? Or did oh, you... I did plead not guilty. I said, <laughs> true story. And I said, how do you, how, they said, how did you, how do you plead? Uh, I, I said, mate, not guilty. And I said, what do you mean? I said, well, mate, it was a re- like reflex action. If he hasn't, he didn't, it was, he was stepping. And I said, mm. I was right on the try line. If he gets past me, he scores. And they said, oh, he didn't get past you, did they? Yeah, did he? I said, no, quite proudly. I said, no, he didn't get past me. And uh, anyway, they said, oh, how do, you, how do you reckon? I said, no, 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 I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying, mate, if he doesn't step there, I was in the air, I didn't mean it. You know, anyway, they go, okay, no worries. Basically, that was it. And then out you go. Anyway, so I go out to the my, – my blokes haven't said anything. And uh, we walked outside. I said, thanks for your help, boys. And anyway – I didn't even get a chance to sit down. And they said, oh, they'll see you now. I said, oh, okay. And when you're young, you think, oh, this might be a good thing. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> you're not real sharp. And, and I went and I went, went back down. I sat down. They said, uh, we find you guilty six weeks. See you later. So I, I missed the whole Origin series. I missed, missed a lot. And Wayne actually was there and said, uh, yeah, bad luck. Hopefully next year. I said, uh, yeah, so I missed the whole series and, yeah, that was You'd be my... given life for that shot. You'd be given life for that shot these days. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, it's a different game, mate. Different game indeed. Trevor Gilmeister, it's always a pleasure. What about getting hit in the can, hit in the head with the can and going after yeah. the bike? Yeah, you I only remember that the other week. <laughs> when Eddie Jones almost yeah. did it. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> half past – we'll see you next week, Gilly. It's half past <laughs> 11 here on SENQ693, your new home of sport in <laughs> Queensland. Uh, time for a news update with Vanessa Gibson. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, 27 away from midday. I've been dragging my feet, I know, but now is the chance for you to win $693 here on 693 SENQ and all thanks to BCF too.
Gear up for your next adventure at BCF. Shop our range in-store or online today. 13 13 55. The answer, or at least the question you'll need, so you can give me the answer to get into this, is... Now, Gilly, no helping this time after last week. All right. The the Lions played the Suns Saturday night at the Gabba. Q Clash. Who won? Who claimed bagging rights? 13, 13, 55. All you need to to do is answer 10 questions correctly. You're out. I'm going to boot you, Gilly. I'm going to boot you. You can't give the answers. Okay, sorry. 13, 13, 55. All thanks to BCF. If you answer 10 questions in a row, $693 coming your way. All thanks to BCF. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. This is Queensland's biggest sports quiz. Your chance to win $693. SENQ. 693 AM. Yeah, and we are doing it all thanks to BCF. Gear up for your next adventure at BCF. Shop our range in-store or online today. And on the line right now, we're going to head out to the Bayside. Craig is at Wellington Point. Craig, a very good morning to you. Morning to you, Ben. How do you feel this morning? Do you feel confident? Are you up on your sports knowledge? No. No, I've had a very hazy experience. You know what I mean? I didn't watch a lot of sports. Well, Craig, this could be interesting. This could go one of two ways. You could just pull out the big ones or you could just stumble to the first hurdle. Look how this works. For every question you get right, $6.93 is coming your way. If you get all 10 right, we're giving you $693. Now, it's only going off once and it was day one. So it was last Monday in breakfast with Mark Braybrook and and Brooke Hanson. Is Craig able to go? Phone a friend? No. You can't. No. What are you still doing here? You're going to give away to... All right, Craig... The question yeah. or the getting question, which is question number one. The Lions and Suns played Saturday night at the Gabba Q Clash. Who claimed bragging rights? Uh, the Brisbane Lions. Oh, happy days. Outstanding. $6.93 coming your way. Now, if you've been listening to the show today, this is the only tip I'll give you. If you've been listening to the show today, there's a lot of answers in today's quiz that have been threaded throughout the show. Like question number two, Craig. On Saturday... Javelin thrower Kelsey Lee Barber. She became only the second Aussie to win back-to-back world athletic titles. Who was the first? Ooh. In and out of the car. Haven't heard a thing. I'm just going to go with Kathy Freeman. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> yes. $13.86 Happy is jumping into the back pocket. Well done, Craig. We are off and running. All right. Well, this one you should know, I would think. In what year will Wayne Bennett officially retire from coaching? It was around much discussion last week. Mm, no, nothing there. He starts next year with the Dolphins, doesn't he, on a something-year yeah. deal? Yes. No. There was going to be a succession plan, though. How long was he going to Christian stay in charge? Wolf's coming in, isn't mm. he, after it? Great. Um, Take a I stab. I think it's 13 dollars and something. Take a stab. I'll just go because he's... The vintage, I'll go three years. So out in 26. 
Oh, no. Craig, unfortunately. He said he's going to hand it over after two years, so 24. So he'll have one year, two years, and then he is gone. Question three. We can't get past question three. Craig, mate, congratulations. Not only do you get $13.68, but you do have a $100 voucher, all thanks to BCF. You can gear up for your next adventure at BCF. You can shop online or in-store today. So, Craig, thank you for being part of Queensland's Biggest Sports Quiz. Thank you, boys. Great show. Thanks, Craig. See you, buddy. <laughs> Craig, thank you. <laughs> Gilly, what are you still doing? I don't know. I'm in locked in. I can't, I can't get my way out here. Actually, well, look, speaking of Wayne Bennett, let, let, let me let me play let me play you something before you do go, Trevor. I know you've stayed well over your time, but but Wayne Bennett's last week, this was to me remarkable. It was on Friday this this dropped. And the Dolphins put this out on their website. To me, this is Wayne Bennett. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's this is his sales pitch mm. to get players to come to the club. Progressing slowly, um, pretty happy with where we're at. Not, you know, not totally um, have all the players that we want, but um, we know what we're doing and we're slowly building. I think we've got 19 players contracted at the moment. We're allowed 30 plus a few trainees and that, so um, we've still got good options uh, out there, we just got to make the right decisions. It's the unknown for the players, it's a bit of an issue. Um, the players that I've been most keen on is ones that are asking who they're going to play with. They come here with the confidence and the belief that they can be the player that we want them to be. The ones I worry about is they want to know who else is playing with them. Um, and that's the unknown, but they've got to have confidence. I mean, I started, uh, I took the position here and we had no players. So I'm confident enough that when what I can do, um, and I want them to trust the fact that we'll build a good team here. But. There we go. That was Wayne Bennett on Friday. Gilly, to me, that is a sales pitch to all the players out there who's been, who've been contacted, yeah. who are, who are, they're trying to entice to the Dolphins. Have confidence in me. Don't yeah. worry about who else you're playing with. Mm. I've been here and done this. Now, to me, Wayne Bennett is not someone who's had to really enlist players before people want to come play for him. But yeah. I, I think... I have a feeling from that that they are struggling to get players, the ones who are questioned. So I, I think this is a recurring theme for the mm. Dolphins. Who am I playing with? Well, well, it's a different scenario nowadays, isn't it? Because especially a lot of the Queensland kids, right? Mm. They're, they're not scared to go to Sydney now and anymore. You know, we'll go up, you know, up to still in Queensland, but up north Queensland. Yeah. I'm talking about the Brisbane kids. Um, you know. Like years ago, it was a bit of a hesitation there to go to, you know, to Sydney and, and move and things like that. So they're not afraid to do that now. And, and, and don't worry, Benny, the, the managers have got a lot, lot to do with all this as well. Mm. You know what I mean? So they'll be playing one off another. Don't worry. And, and, um, and there'll be a lot of willing and dealing going on. To, um, to me, that's, to me, that sounds like the conversations that Wayne has had with whatever players. Yeah, and and quite rightly, they're saying, "Well, who else is going to be here? Who, mm. What am I walking into?" Which are, which are fair, which are fair questions to ask. Yeah. But I think these are the ones where that that is probably, to me, it sounds like these are f- sort of setting back a bit, as in setting back on his heels, going, well, "Why'd you be asking that? Have, have faith in what we're building here. Yeah, be part yeah. of something new." Yeah, and this seems to be the stumbling block. For him to come out and say this and to yeah. articulate that, to me, that's a real insight in what the struggles the Dolphins are, are having to get players. Well, who knows, too. Wayne, Wayne will have things up his sleeve. Don't worry about that. I'm sure there'll, be, there'll be a couple of uh, little smokies there somewhere. Uh, and, and I am reckon, you know, if they could 
land a, a big fish, you know, like a Cameron Munster, say, mm. and they said, oh, he's coming here in 24 or he's, you know, like, you know, um, something like that. That's what they need to get that big hook in, I think. You know, the Bromwich brothers, uh, Felice Cavusi, you know, really good yeah, players. Tom but, Gilbert. Yeah, Tom Gilbert. Well, yeah, well, the Melbourne boys are kind of at the end of their career. So they hopefully those young blokes that are coming through – Geez, it'd be great to learn off those fellas, and and Tom Gilbert is a perfect example of that. So uh, the Fords don't look too bad at the moment. I like what you've done there, Gilly. The Dolphins need a big fish. They need some good bait to reel oh. them in. Oh, we're not supposed to be reeling in Dolphins, are we? No, no. But no, I, no, I, I like what you're doing no. there. I Years like what ago, you're doing there, did, Benny. Yeah. But not now, mate. Not, they can't do that. Can't no. do that. A lot of things we can't do these days, Gilly. <laughs> right now, though, what we do need to do is take a break, and, and I'm going to have to get you out of here right because you're giving away too much. All right, we're coming up to 13 away from midday here on SENQ 693 AM, your new home of sports here in Queensland. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, we're coming up to eight minutes away from uh, lunchtime midday. Jimmy Smith's taking it over after that. Um, If you were listening earlier today, I mentioned about Queensland Cricket, this great initiative that they are kicking off today, and it's at Allen Border Field. It's your chance to buy a picket. You can get your name or your business name, put on one of the pickets around the newly redeveloped Allen Border Field. Uh, Today, they've announced who is the first person to buy a picket. Bernard Fanning, former Powderfinger front man. How good's that? So you can have not only your name beside Alan Border, Ian Healy, Andrew Simons, Usman Kawaja, but Bernard Fanning as well. Uh, all proceeds going to the Queensland Cricket Foundation. Uh, they put money back into communities based on cricket initiatives to help support communities, to help make better communities. That's where your money's going. But also you get to have your name forever emblazoned around Allen Borderfield by buying a picket. You can head to queenslandcricket.com.au to get more details there, but it's a fantastic initiative. And Big Bernard, he's a cricket tragic. He's signed up there. Speaking of cricket tragics and Powderfinger fans, Alyssa Smith is here with a, with a <laughs> sport update. I could see how you're going, Bernard Fanning, how good's that? How yeah, awesome. I want to do that. How awesome. Now, what else has been happening in the world of sport, Alyssa? All right. Well, we've spoken NRL today a fair bit. Let's talk about the Boomers basketball oh, yes. because over the Asia Cup, they've now beaten Lebanon in the final. They've claimed it again. They won by two points in Jakarta to win the FIBA World Cup for the second year in a row. Australia, they never really trailed, though. They led, well, by double digits for most of the game. They led by 15, 16 at one point. Outscored, though, in the last quarter. But it came down to the final buzzer. Australia took a shot. It rebounded. Lebanon, Lebanon got the ball, ran for it. The buzzer was going off. They threw it to the other end of the court for a three-pointer, which would have sealed the game because they would remember they were only trailing by two points. Yeah. They could have won by one, but it hit the backboard. He does not. They've got to move They've it. Got They've got to, got to move it. It's Haydar. Haydar puts no. it up. It's off. And Haydar had more time. And Australia what? have held on. Yes. 
How good is that? And we've got so that was the Asia Cup, and they've got the World Cup coming up uh, mm. next year, isn't it? So yes. that's uh, puts the Boomers in good space, and and that is without playing with a lot of their NBA stars as well. So yeah. fantastic uh, effort there as the Boomers uh, after their bronze in Tokyo last year, uh, st- uh, still uh, kicking uh, kicking goals or slam dunking in the world <laughs> of uh, basketball. Uh, ranked number three in the world. I yeah. mean, and that goes on. Well, it doesn't go on the Olympic rankings, but it, it sort of matches mm. where they, they stood with that uh, with that bronze and Patty Mills and the crew. So uh, Australian basketball doing uh, doing doing big things. Uh, now the West Tigers. Have we found out more about this uh, appeal? They've put in an official complaint. Yes, they have put in an official complaint. This has just blown up, hasn't it? Mm. Everyone has their opinion. It's going gangbusters on social media. We heard from Corey Parker earlier on. He thinks the decision was correct. Yeah. But then Trevor Gilmeister thinks the decision was wrong. <laughs> and it is it has divided uh, opinion this morning. Uh, people have been phoning in at 13, 13 55 and leaving and sending texts as well. So uh, opinion divided mm. this. I, I, for me, for me, there was a mistake. For me, it shouldn't have been awarded. I, I still think I still think it was eyes only for the ball, and it was just one of these rugby league collisions. Whether the Cowboys were trying to milk the penalty, whether they were knowing what was going on, but with a second to go, it was a game we'll be talking about for for some time, and it will continue to go through that. We'll, we'll wait and hear what Graham Annesley has to say. He has his briefings at two o'clock every Monday to dissect what has been happening over the weekend. It'd be very interesting to mm-hmm. see if there is an apology, whether they deem they got it right, got it wrong, and it's just going to blow up again. So uh, Jimmy will be bringing that to you as it all happens uh, later on this afternoon. Now, Alyssa, I have been asking this morning. Yes. About the age of coaching. And we've been talking Wayne Bennett, Tim Sheens, and this is nothing against those two gentlemen at all. And the only reason I even brought this up was because I had a conversation a couple of years ago with Darren Lehman. Mm-hmm. Coach of Australia, coach of Queensland, coaching franchises around the world. And Boofed us threw out there and said, you know what, as a coach, you, you've probably got to give it up by 55. He said, you can't coach after 55, 60 tops. And it's to do with not competency, not knowledge, not ability, but it's to do with the generation gap. It's to do with not being able to connect on that level as a coach or a father figure to players because the generation gap is too wide. It's almost at that age too generations. And I likened it to listening to your grandfather and everything my granddad said, I listened to, I lapped it up, I respected, but there was always that little in the back of my mind, but yeah, it's a bit different to mm. our day. You, you, you couldn't relate to what we're going through right now. And here's a man who's gone through depressions and world wars. So I can't relate to what he was saying, but can, I mean, I loved it. I listened and took his advice, but there was always like, yeah, but you don't really know. And maybe it was just sitting in the back of my mind. This is all before the age of mobile phones, all before the age of social media and cancel culture. 55, 60. Does does Buff have a point here? Is there a, a generation gap that coaches can't? And you know what? If it doesn't have to be coaches, it can be a manager at work. It, it can be in any, applied to any ability. Is there a generation gap and how do you bridge it? I think it all comes down to how long they've been in the game. If you know, you look at Wayne Bennett, he's always been around footy. Footy, footy, footy. He lives and yep. breathes it. He has seen the game change. If you're a coach that leaves and then comes back, then you've missed a bunch of of, of how much the game's changed. The game is a lot quicker now. The rules have changed and they keep changing, obviously. Look look at the decision from last night. Yeah. Opinions uh, are different now. Um yes, you you look at Wayne Bennett 
and you think, you know, he may be an exception. He still trains with his players in the gym. There are not many 70-odd-year-old coaches that would do that, is there? Pushing 10, yeah, right, okay. But so is he lifting? He, he wouldn't be lifting the same weights. No. He, he can no, outrun them, I know that. Yes, he but can he's still them. in the yeah. gym. He's still around them. It's not like he's watching on from the sidelines. You know, your granddad takes you to the park and, you know, lets you run around and then you come back and check in. Mm. He's out there with them. I, I was crunching the numbers just to sort of see how it all stacked up. And you have a look at the ages of all the NRL coaches right now this year. Um the average age is 52. If you throw Sheen's, uh, uh, sorry, that's with Tim Sheens, who will mm. be coming, well, he's kind of coaching now at the West Tigers. Take Tim Sheens out of it, and its average age is, is, is 51. Then if you go back and have a look at the premierships, who won the NRL premierships yep. over the last 10 years. Hit me. Nathan Cleary, 50. Craig Bellamy, 60. Yep. Robbo, twice back-to-back, so 41-42. Mm-hmm. Bellamy, 57 at mm-hmm. that point. Shane Flanagan, 50. Paul Green, when the Cowboys won it, 42. Madge Maguire, 40. Wow. Then you go back to Robbo when he first won a premiership at the Roosters, 36. Wow. Is it, that's Craig Bellamy standard. and the Storm, oh, 52. Wow. So, 36. Yeah. So, uh, Buff may be, be on the 70. We will wait and see when the Dolphins hit the competition next year. I don't think they'll be a force in the first year, but no. definitely after that. All right, let's wrap it on up here. Thanks for your company this Monday morning. It's been an absolute hoot. Jimmy Smith's coming up next. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening. You can catch the show live on air on your app or online. It's 693 SENQ every Monday morning from 9. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.